0: Welcome into the run home with Ricardo and Beaver. Thanks to Mick Delivery. Uh, G'day, Beef. How is your Tuesday treating you, mate?
2: Yes, yeah, tremendous, Ricardo. Uh, I just got back from an enthralling half an hour of ballet for four-year-olds. So, no, I can't can't complain about how my Tuesday really reached some heights already today. So, looking forward to what the next three hours has in store for us, Ricardo. Great to have you on board. Uh, obviously, the powers that be said, Beave and the boys, Uh Nice for novelty value, uh, no long-term future in it. Really? So uh, here we are.
0: That surprises me. I heard only good things.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, you probably only talked to Beav and the boys uh, (laughs) because, uh, yeah, I think the widespread feedback, um, not as positive.
0: Not as, okay, that's disappointing, mate, that's disappointing. Uh, Well, let's have a look what's coming up on our Mac's menu. Uh, We have got, well, a whole heap coming your way, actually, it's a... Tell you what, uh, Jacob, he might not be uh, he might not be much of one to bounce off uh, there, Beav, but I tell you, he puts <laughs> a damn good show together um, because we do have uh, B-Pops uh, from the tab coming up this hour. We've also got Sumo, uh, your old mate. Uh, he's part of the Spark Sport commentary team. He's going to talk to us about that Black Caps test win yesterday, man. What? Uh, could about go down to the wire. Um, I like to use that rather than... Uh, by the barest possible margin. Uh, then after uh, five o'clock, uh, an old teammate of yours, Tawira Barlow. I believe he's uh, he's home at the moment for a little bit, so uh, we're going to catch up with him, see what he's up to. We're going to drive to survive, worth a hundred bucks as well, thanks to the TAB. And uh, Justin Morgan, Warriors' assistant coach, after six and around 6.30, we're going to talk some sailing with uh, young Blair Chuuk. Plus, on top of all that, it's Teamless Tuesday, which we'll get into shortly. That is uh, what is coming your way with Mick Delivery. Delivery your Macca's favourites straight to your door, beef.
2: Powerful line-up here. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, you mentioned the Black Caps. My word. Uh, what a what a conclusion last night. I think they started to play just before we got on air. Mm. So maybe a half three, quarter four, and still a mountain of runs to get in an afternoon of Test cricket and to see them do it in the end. Uh, pretty special. On the back of what was also probably two weeks ago. Uh, the most special of special. So the Black Caps. I, I know there's still some, uh, I guess, naysayers out there, uh, some people who are wanting to put a line through them. Uh, but, jeez, for pure box office, tell me what's better to watch.
0: Mate, I'll tell you what, you know, all those people who say test cricket's boring. I mean, like, you know, I, I, I think they could make changes. I I just probably not the team I'd put out if I was Gary Stead, but... Mate, they've got two last gaffes wins. You, you can't argue with that. We, should, we, should we hear how it finished last night, uh, Jacob? Because if you didn't hear it, I was juggling. I was trying to do a Canterbury uh, Crusaders rugby show with Justin Marshall, and then a, a show on Moana Pacifica with Peter Alatini and trying to watch the cricket at the same time. It <laughs> wasn't easy. Uh, so I actually missed it live, but this is how it sounded.
2: Final ball of this amazing test match here at Hagley Oval. New Zealand need one.
3: Oh, it's a mess, he's out, if he hits,
2: he's out, he's out.
3: Oh, double play, double play, we're going upstairs, upstairs
4: we go, do New Zealand win or is this a draw, they scampered through, <laughs> 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 he's
1: oh,
5: he's safe, oh, he's home, was he's was safe, splendid.
3: yes, Looking forward to the big screen with my decision,
5: oh, the desperate dive gets New Zealand home in a thriller,
2: An absolute thriller, a famous victory, not out. Oh, New Zealand, despite the rain and a plucky performance from Sri Lanka, New Zealand have navigated their way through a host of challenges to win in the most remarkable circumstances. What an amazing test match by both sides.
0: I tell you what, Beav, I reckon um, Spark Sport might have to employ a physio to try and help iron out that commentator's tongue. He 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 was all over the shop at the start trying to call that, wasn't he?
2: Well, Macca, he's uh, he's had some big moments of late. he's, he's been in the box seat last uh, last two dramatic Test matches, and on top of that, obviously, he's and Kane brought up the, the most runs ever by an international New Zealand batsman. So, geez, he's uh, he's well adverse now at calling those moments remarkable when you think five days of test cricket falls on one ball mm. at the end of all of that I was just thinking obviously we were saying before how and you see I said you wouldn't be doing exactly how Gary Stead's doing it at the moment from a selection point of view but the highs and lows of a five day test match I mean for the last couple of test matches day two and day three you would have thought we were the worst test nation in the world mm. uh, when you read any media or, or listen to feedback and talk back you know there's there's people wanting this play gone, this play gone, and that play gone. And, you know, someone like Ticknick goes and gets four wickets, gets us in a position to do it all. And uh, and obviously, the previous test match, Wagner was the hero. This time round, obviously, King Kane, uh, who even he was subject to a fair bit of criticism after the first test against uh, England. He's, he's been nothing but uh, Kane himself since then. But uh, just. Just the rollercoaster it it is test cricket. Nothing, we've we've talked about before, nothing can compare to the five-day rollercoaster that is and then to finish up on the last ball. Uh, it's, test cricket just keeps getting better. Maybe it's because we've got so much of a other cricket uh, that test cricket's
0: coming along for a ride. Yeah, well, maybe you're right. You might be onto something. I, I know you, you know, said that we, uh, you, if you read some of the media, we might, you might think we're the worst test side in the world. But according to the World Test Championship ladder, we're the second worst team in the world, <laughs> beef, So there you go. Apologies.
2: Well, there you go. Uh, well, maybe some of the media's pretty close, close to marketing. I apologise.
0: <laughs> no, no, that's all good, mate. But where yeah, we well, have we got
2: on that? Mm-hmm. Where's England and all of that? England are fifth. Yes, yeah, so if That's rubbish. Yeah. yeah, it's absolute rubbish. Those but, rankings. Well, them. The, don't uh, quote them, Ricardo <laughs> Okay,
0: this is it, it goes twenty twenty one to twenty twenty three, right? And the cut off, yes. uh, the cut I think, is the after this test series. After this test series was Sri Lanka, uh, and after the India Australia test series. So we've got about what must be the end of March is is the cut off. Um, so it's a two year period. In that time, England have played twenty two tests, won 10 drawn four, lost eight. New Zealand yeah. have, have only played twelve. How do you work? so they do it on one percentage? Which is a bit weird.
2: Yeah. And the eight losses probably doesn't help uh the English. Uh the final, obviously is Australia India. Is mm-hmm. that gonna be at Lords? It's gonna be in England, is not it at Lord's? It's State? at the oval.
0: It's at the oval, there you go. It's at the oval.
2: It's so. done job now, isn't it? India's know. not going to beat Australia in England, are no, they? have a quick quick attack that they will now back into circulation after having to bowl three
0: spinners in India. <laughs> exactly. No, I wouldn't have thought so. You'd, you'd have to make the Australians favourites. Um, and the other thing that I think probably makes the Aussies favourites is that that test starts 10 days after the finish of the IPL. So pretty much that entire Indian team will have been playing T20 cricket for three months and then they'll have that.
2: Very similar to our situation though, wasn't it? I remember the a lot of our big guns missed the England series as a warm-up and they just rolled them out and, and I guess hope for the best. There was obviously chat that they were all using the balls over in India and in there and and practicing with it. So very similar. I guess there's just so much cricket played these days. But uh, no, fantastic. And uh, they've they've made some they've made some selections for the ODI squad to face Sri Lanka. Ricardo, you, you're across a lot of I guess the uh, comings and goings and who should be or who shouldn't be in there. What have you made of this one day squad? Are we starting to Starting to firm what could a World Cup squad could look like?
0: Yeah, I think so. well, I mean the problem that we have is that these uh, white ball games against Sri Lanka clash with the IPL. Oh, of course. So uh, we are going to we're going to start all right, but then we're going to miss a few, right? So, um, so T- uh, Kane Williamson, Tim Southey and Devon Conway um, are not going to play at all in the in the white ball series. Neither is Mitch Santner. And then I think for the first ODI at Eden Park, which is the 25th of March, Lockie Ferguson, Fit Allen and Glenn Phillips will play the first one. And then they're gone as well. So Mark Chapman and Henry Nichols come in. So, yeah, I mean, I think from one one sort of good point of view is we'll get to see a few new faces and, and a few guys will get a, an opportunity at Test Cricket. And, you know, two of those, pretty exciting. Um, been a lot of talk. Steve, you would have noticed you know, around going into that English first test at Bay Oval, we lack a left-arm seamer. Now that, Now there's no Trent Bolt. Uh, well, they've found one, Ben Lister out of Auckland, who's pretty quick, swings the ball, left-arm seamer. So he's been named, he's uncapped. And Chad Bowes as well, who's out of uh, the Canterbury squad, and he is the top white ball run scorer domestically in New Zealand this season.
2: There you go. Was there any – or is Guppy in the IPL, or was there any uh... – was there any smoke around that potential inclusion, or were we just holding off and, and trying to stay firm to think that we've made the right call and then at the last minute drop him into a uh, World Cup squad? Well, that might
0: happen. He's not on this squad. Um, so the ODI squad to to face Sri Lanka, this is what it looks like. Tom Latham's captain. Then Finn Allen, Tom Blundell, Chad Bowes, Michael Bracewell, Mark Chapman, Lockie Ferguson, Matt Henry, Ben Lister, Daryl Mitchell, Henry Nichols, Glenn Phillips, Henry Shipley, the young Canterbury all-rounder, Ish Sodi Blair Tickner, and Will Young. So that is the, your White ball squad. Does
2: Conway get IPL? Does he?
0: Yeah, he does. He's, uh, yeah. yeah, so he's he's away. He goes before this even starts. I think it's him, Southey, and Williamson are, um, are are excused altogether. So yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting, mate. It's going to be interesting. That's for sure. Uh, certainly a few few names, new names in there, and I, you know, there's a few names that aren't in there too, which may be a bit of a surprise. I mean, considering that Cougar Line has been part of the Test lineup. Part of the test squad, he's not in the in the white ball squad, and Jacob Duffy, who keeps getting called up and then let go, and called up and let go, he's not made it either.
2: And someone like Kukulana probably more probably suited to the white ball stuff, wouldn't you think, as opposed well, to the poten- test match poten-
0: stuff? Potentially, yeah, as his style of batting and things, yeah. he, he feels more like a white ball player than a than a, than a red ball player. I, I think.
2: And another big news today, Ricardo. Obviously, something dear to your heart, mm. being the athlete, and especially this discipline in particular. Yeah. Uh, but the passing of the man that revolutionised high jump.
0: Yeah, rest in peace to the high jump Olympic champion, um, Dick Flop Fosbury. I mean, he's the guy that invented the, invented the Fosbury flop. It's a different way of doing the high jump. That's where you, you run up sort of sideways and then you jump over backwards and you, you lead with your shoulder. You know the one, yes. B, you would have done it plenty of times at school.
2: Yeah, it was always my choice, uh, my preferred choice of technique when it came to the high jump as opposed to the scissor uh, was never fixable even as a 10 year old trying to get out of uh, your primary school uh, day off and go to group day and, and what have you so no the, the flop was always my preferred choice uh, I always I was always half decent high jump always managed to qualify for the uh, the primary school stuff but didn't stop me from really stuffing up my angles and quite mm. often I'd always take out the far pole all oh, right uh, and just completely wipe out the steel the steel frame, and uh, so leave far, my jump very late.
0: Far from ideal. Far from <laughs> ideal.
4: <laughs> <Just> <laughs> continue, would you miss the mat?
2: I'd miss the mat relentlessly. So, by the time I got it nailed off, I'd have to have half the mat pretty much uh, outside of the, uh, the steel frame, and, and half the actual landing area behind the um, behind the uh, pole doing uh, horizontal would actually be bare grass, because we only had one mat at Sandsbrod mm-hmm. Primary, not a whole lot of not a whole lot of room there, so they just had to shift it because they knew that I was going to go very close, if not taking up that steel frame at the on the far side.
0: Well, actually, just recently, my daughter had uh, the athletics day at her primary school, and um, yes. she was like, oh, "How'd you go in the running?" And she was like, "Oh, I came fourth in this race, and then I came sixth in that race." I was like, "Great!" She goes, and "Then we did discus," and I was like, "Great!" And then she goes, "And we did high jump," and I was like, "Oh, how yeah, was the high jump?" She goes, "I love the high jump; it was my favorite." And I was like, "Great, right. Did you did you go all right?" She goes, "Yeah, but I made them take the pole off because I didn't want to hit it." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like so you just ran up and jumped on a mattress basically but that was her favorite part so uh, she definitely takes after her father on that side of things
2: Yeah I was going to say you know one of your genes uh doesn't strike me as a high jumper
0: <laughs> No 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 we're very low center of gravity beef we we like we like to stick to the ground just quietly just quietly Um so yeah but uh, yeah, the old, uh, old, old flop for the Fosbury flop, mate. I mean, uh, you rest in peace, that bloke. But he uh, revolutionised sport. Not too many people revolutionise sport to a point in time that their name becomes associated with that sport, particularly or a move. Yes, in that sport, you know what I mean.
2: Well, particularly with something like high jump, there's only two ways to do it. Yeah, really.
0: So, yeah, he so, and he invented a whole way. Before yeah. that, there, there was only the the hamstring destroying scissor move. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, it gave it gave for less. Flexible people
0: opportunity in the sport. Yeah, so he's an equal opportunity uh, uh, type athlete. Is that what you're saying, Beef? Yeah, he's an
2: advocate. He's an advocate.
0: He's an advocate. He's an advocate. I like it. I like it. Our temper bedpost text machine here is 8883, double 8883. Double double eight, double uh, maybe you've got a Fosbury flop story, but we are going to ask you uh, to hit us soon because it is teamless Tuesday, Beef. Um, and we thought we would do, in the wake yesterday, of that test match, I don't know, I still can't figure out why the hell Blair Ticklin wasn't out there, but Neil Wagner, who's got a bulging disc in his back and a torn right hamstring, padded up and had to run that last bye uh, to get us home. Um, I'm not sure why Ticklin wasn't out there or why Wags had to do it, but boy, talk about going above and beyond, what an absolute warrior.
2: Absolutely, and it still blows my mind. I mean, I've seen the footage, obviously, of him scampering down there. Still doesn't look like he was dragging a leg from a man that's got a torn hamstring. Mm. Like, jeez, he's, he's covering it well. Jeez, he's covering it well. Yeah, cover Not it. only did he bowl all those overs with a torn hamstring, now he's doing the 22-yard uh, dash in record pace. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. So we thought our teamless Tuesday should be Kiwis that never need to buy a Grins again uh, because... Of their absolute toughness uh, and and sticking it out, real real warriors, Steve. And, and we want to open that up to to weekend warriors as well, don't we?
2: Oh, absolutely. If uh, you got a mate who uh, showed up, broke a limb, still still managed to get through the the Div Two final in West Coast Club Rugby, let us know. Uh, those sorts of heroes need to be a part of this team this Tuesday because uh, it's about going beav be. And beyond, um,
0: above Be of and, beyond. and beyond. Be
2: and beyond. Be and a bond. It's, again, <laughs> it's an amalgamation of a couple of phrases. I just like to save words, Ricardo. you know that.
0: Mate, well, you're doing uh, it well. Uh,
2: it's a ve- so so you got your Wagners, uh, possibly your Buck Shelfords, obviously, when you think about going above and beyond. Mm, yeah. uh, um,
0: Toughness, eh? Toughness. So, I, I, I always think about Mark Graham as well.
2: Broken arm, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, yeah. Colin Meads did that too, didn't he? He played yes. with a broken arm, played a test with a broken arm. Um, but yeah, I think it was that Mark Graham broke something like 29 bones in his body during his rugby league career. retired at 29, beef, would you believe?
2: <laughs> you wouldn't do that today. <laughs> no, you would. Going they would not on. let you. No, you would. You would Somehow, eat that out. To uh, you, a very long and illustrious career.
0: Yes, indeed. Uh, we'll keep your text coming through on that. We want your uh, your nominations for Teamless Tuesdays, Kiwis that don't need to buy another Grins again. Real warriors who play through the pain barrier. Maybe you've got a mate or maybe it's you that has done the same in in, in your weekend uh, uh, club footy or or cricket or whatever it may be, let us know. double eight double that is the temper bedpost text machine. It is 421 here on SENZ. This is The Run Home with Ricardo and Beef. Thanks to Mick Delivery. The run home with Ricardo and Beaver, thanks to Delivery. Uh, it's uh, 426 Beaver, you can call us any on the Makita phone line 0800 150 or text us on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Temper and Bedpost range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. We're doing team list Tuesday, Beaver, and uh, there's a few texts already rolling through. and, and In fact, there's, uh, I see a bloke has uh, nominated himself, with uh, which looks like a pretty horrendous injury.
2: Yeah, tremendous. I've got no issues with uh, these people who are going to nominate themselves because, uh, you know, if you're not going to nominate yourself, then who will? Right. Uh, and this is, of course, a team that is about guys who just went above and beyond. Uh, we've got a Buck shelf, for Neil Wagner sort of theme style team. Obviously, Buck will be pretty solid at eight. Neil Wagner, we've got him down as a winger, but we're prepared to put him elsewhere. But take a listen to some of these. You, you mentioned the South nomination. Loved it here. Uh, from Chris I played half a football season with a torn ACL I just kept turning up for the boys what a man what, what a man, man Chris Chris. Uh, I don't, Chris is going to have to be in the team somewhere Jacob I hope, you've, I hope you've written this down I couldn't imagine Jacob fronting up like that to work with a torn ACL never known for an entire season of just football just
4: drive by on myself but yeah no Chris <laughs> yeah. is in the team B. Chris is making the team good on you Chris
2: uh, good on you, Chris. Uh, Scott Mears, Palmerston North Panthers Superstock Team. Broke back racing. Didn't tell anyone. Then went, race, then went teams racing two weeks later. Won their final. He'd make a great lock. Okay. Scott Mears from Palmerston North Panthers Superstock Team. How good is that? These are tremendous nominations here. Uh, Ken Records. every time you play club rugby in the noise in Auckland. There was eight or so of those buggers in the team. Mm. They were the days. They were the days, mate. They were the days. Um, I
0: actually, I remember my uh, my dad's brother uh, played played for like uh, who do you play for? You played for Tamaki. Uh, played for a, a few a few of the Auckland teams around that around that time. Was played as a six or an eight. I remember him coming home uh, one day with uh, just. The, the stud marks on his back, yes, they were the, from Ben Rucked, were so drawn so much blood that you know how thick the old rugby jerseys were, yep. it was coming through his rugby jersey, beautiful, and just get, get back out of there, carry on.
2: Yeah, the old showers after a game, hot, steamy showers, mm. uh, were no control of those temperatures <laughs> on the showers back then either. It was either piping hot or very cold, uh, they would really get into those ruck marks you're talking about. Uh, Beaver, a real warrior, was Sir Buck playing rugby with a lot of pain. That's from Mark. Yes, Mark, I have no doubt that Buck will be in this teamless this Tuesday. Uh, we might have a call for a nomination there from Kel. Turangi, how are you, mate?
1: G'day, mate. How are you, be? Hey, look, I tell you, oh, look, obviously Buck's shelf has got to be right up there and in, in, in that uh, 1976 uh, goal, medal-winning um, goalkeeper, that I think was Manning. He played with a smashed knee, and if you get another one from a hockey ball, it's going to really hurt, but hey, for me, honestly there's a guy called Gary Knight, you might not remember him, but I'll tell you what, his very first test, he was eye-gouged out of the test on his debut by a guy called Gerard Trolley from France he then went on the 1978 tour, he got facial herpes from a British prop opponent, then in 1980, he was chased by a right wolding mob in Fiji with pimba bats And then, obviously, as you all know, great news of history, a plane dropped a flower bomb on (laughs) him in 1981. How could you beat that?
2: Well, I knew about the flower bombing, but I didn't know the other stuff. And certainly I didn't know about the facial herpes. That takes him to a whole new level. But uh, put that down too, Jacob.
0: Yep.
2: That, is, that is tremendous.
0: Yeah, Thank you very much, to Kel, and Tūrangi for calling us up on uh, the Makita phone line, 800 Keep these coming through. Uh, we'll continue to add to our team list Tuesday of uh, weekend warriors, hard buggers that played uh, through the pain and went over and above. And speaking of a bloke that goes over and above, B-Pops, Brennan Popperwell, tell you what... If there's, a, if there's a buffet that needs hitting or a bar tab that needs tackling, he will never say no for you. He's up next after the latest news in news and sport with Johnny Mack. Hey,
6: there'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more.
0: It's time for a TAB Live update. Bet live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. And B-Pops joins us. Uh, g'day, mate. How you doing?
7: Yeah, good. Thanks, Rick Dog. You all good
0: there? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. I just heard in the news that the Newcastle Knights have uh, lost Saifidi for five games. Obviously, Pong is in doubt. They're going They're asking for dispensation to choose players from outside their squad of 30 for the match against the Dolphins. I reckon that dollar fifty eight on the Dolphins might shrink pretty quickly soon.
7: Yeah, I was just thinking that, to be honest with you, uh, when I heard that, uh, Ricardo. And of course, well, considering how gutsy they were in their in their win against the Tigers, um, like that was a massive effort to to, to come out on top in that match uh, by the Newcastle Knights. So it's sort of like Warriors when they were sort of fishing around for some players uh, during during that COVID period uh, when we were looking to try and help our roster out. So. Yeah, Dolphins 158, I tell you what, it's all, all of a sudden they've become everybody's second team. Uh, we've seen a lot of money for the Dolphins in the top eight market. Uh, they're now hovering around $3. They were one of the teams that were at $6 that we did take money on for the top eight. So, uh, yeah, real strong surge, and, and there was a lot of popularity around them, too, winning the game against the Canberra Raiders, where people uh, were certainly bang on money there, suggesting that there was a nice little price about them, and, uh, yeah, a lot of happy punters out there from last Saturday.
2: I was going to say, BP, this round looks like a round that there's uh, a lot more flip of a coin sort of uh, games. And certainly if you odds, look at the Manly mm-hmm. and the Eels, the the Roosters and the Rabbits, you're getting some nice, generous off- offerings, uh, whichever way you want to go in some of these games. The Raiders and the Sharks, even not uh, not heavily one-sided, one or the other.
7: Yeah, I reckon if you're in some sort of tipping uh, comp,
2: don't be disappointed if you don't get a game
7: right, uh, because... Uh, there is some tough matchups uh, right through to the end with, with sort of the Cronella Sharks versus the Raiders. Raiders are desperate. Tigers versus the Bulldogs. Tigers are desperate. Bulldogs looked good last week. Broncos, Dragons. Broncos on a on a run. Dragons kicked off their season last week. The Warriors, Cowboys is a, is a tricky one to match up because the Warriors did play well with their defense. And oh, I guess the one game here, the Melbourne Storm against the Gold Coast Titans, Uh, quite an important game for the Storm to get back on the horse against the Titans at home but uh, sometimes you don't know what you're going to get with the Gold Coast Titans at 2.55 so yeah, this early stage the the teams that have taken money, we've seen money, good support for the Broncos uh, and a little bit of money towards the Bulldogs but yeah, I'm guessing everyone's just sort of waiting to hear team lists and get a bit of an idea and of course the Parramatta Eels, they kick off the round uh, they desperately need a win, they're playing the, the Manly Sea Eagles who I'm sure, wish they could have played last week off the back of how well they played against the Bulldogs. Money for, the, for Manly at around seventy.
2: As far as Super Rugby goes this weekend, mate, looking at the odds, uh, very much it's uh, only one game as far as a mm. uh, as a head-to-head. It's the Blues Crusaders and geez, there's some big outs on both teams. It's going to be a case of who can negotiate those, to be fair, or, 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 I believe.
7: Yeah, look, I mean, this, this game is... Look, it's a blockbuster of all blockbusters, isn't it? And um, and and such an important one for the Crusaders. At this early stage, we've got we've got money for the Blues at 185. Uh, We have money both ways in the winning team and margin at one to 12. Uh, That's where teams uh, that's where punters are are looking at the 270 Blues one to 12. If the Crusaders do get the job done, it's one to 12 at two dollars and eighty cents. Now, there's there's clearly a a confident punter out there that the Blues win this game and, and set things up for them. To win the whole damn thing, because we have taken two thousand dollars today on the Blues to win Super Rugby at three dollars. Uh, so that's one bet that's come through today uh, around the Blues, and obviously that's the expectation that they get the job done uh, coming up on the weekend. Uh, away from those matches, look a lot of short price favourites here. It's a little bit of, of the opposite to the NRL. Like we've got dollar fifteen for the Canes against the Waratahs. Uh, Brumbies taking a, a good support around the Brumbies point start at this stage which is at 19 and a half against Moana uh, that's a $1.87 uh, that particular point start for the Brumbies uh, and then even the Highlanders uh, they find themselves at $1.14 favourites against the Force. Highlanders uh, keen to get their season started and already we've taken some money around them at the $1.65 for 13 and over.
2: And obviously mate, tomorrow a uh, day or days for basketball fans and mm-hmm. Kiwis in general. Two seventy five you can get for the breakers. Surely a lot of Kiwis uh, getting on that now.
7: Look there, mate. They are, are. two seventy five is oh so popular at this stage. Sort of around sixty five percent of our betting this, in this market is all around mm-hmm. New Zealand breakers. So Kings one forty one two seventy five breakers. We're already taking some money too in uh, some power plays. At the moment, uh, the best back power play has, in fact, been the favourite, and that is the match to be cited by five points or less. Uh, that's currently at 275. We have taken a big bet today, too, on the winning, uh, sorry, the half time, full-time double. Uh, we've taken a bet of $4,000 on a double of breakers to be leading at halftime, and the Kings to come over the top and get it done at full-time at $6 is our big bet in that marketplace, and... As we all know, the breakers' third quarter has been the letdown through the series, so maybe that's the thinking there from that punter.
0: Good stuff, B-Pops, mate. Thanks very much for coming on. Go well, and uh, we'll talk to you again tomorrow, eh?
7: It sounds good. Cheers, boys.
0: Cheers. Uh, Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Please gamble responsibly. R18, it is 21 away from five. Up next, Sumo's going to join us uh, to talk cricket after calling that big game on Spark Sport yesterday. It's 16 away from 5 o'clock here on SENZ. This is The Run Home with Ricardo and Beaver. And uh, keep your text coming through. double eight double three for Teamless Tuesday. Uh, trying to put together a team of uh, just... Hard buggers, basically, that uh, played through the pain, much like Neil Wagner did yesterday. Uh, when with a bulging disc in his back and a torn hamstring, he uh, elected to put the pads on and go out there and and run the bye uh, for Kane Williamson to get the win in that Test match. Keep your texts coming through. Double eight, double three. Had a few about Richie McCaw and somebody Beaver asking about facial herpes as well. But we'll leave that to later because uh, right now we've got uh, sumo. Scotty Stevenson from Spark Sport with us. G'day, Scotty. How are you doing?
3: Oh, not too bad. I really appreciate facial herpes into Scotty Stevenson. That's one of the great segues of all time. <laughs> really appreciate your work there, Ricardo. Hey,
0: uh, listen, I try. We, we did have somebody call up earlier. We were talking about these guys that have, have played through the pain, and somebody uh, was talking about Gary Knight's uh, you know, getting eye-gouged out of his test debut. And then he went to England, apparently, and played in a test and got facial loopies off a British prop before being flower-bombed at Eden yeah. Park. So he had, a, he had a bit of a rough time, on Gary Knight.
3: Mate, he's had more trouble than the Western Front, hasn't he? But um, hard nut, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, indeed,
3: mate. Indeed. Speaking of hard nuts, uh, I was asking
0: Beaver this earlier, mate. You were there at Hagley yesterday with Spark Sport. What's Blair Tickner doing? that means that Neil Wagner has to pad up with a bulging disc and a torn hamstring and go out there.
3: Because Neil Wagner would have given him the stink eye and said, don't even think about it. I'm going out there. And that's uh, that's just the way it is. He had made that announcement, you know, when they, um, when they said he had been ruled out. Um, he said, look, but I'm still going to bat if I'm required to. That's just Neil Wagner. Uh, I think Tim Southy's made comments to that effect uh, today as well and last night at the press conference. I mean, the guy's as tough as peak he'd do anything for that team, and I know he's got his share of critics, and he's had a couple of sessions over the last couple of weeks in different test matches where uh, you know, his style hasn't been as effective as he would have liked, but he's been asked to do a different role over the last couple of weeks as well, with no Trent Bolton aside and down on seamers, and you know that, that, that's, I think, the hallmark of Neil Wagner is it's not about his personal stats. He's just been asked to do something for the team, and that's what he's going to do, and it doesn't matter what you ask him to do, he'll do it with 100% tenacity, and oh, I i I think the guy's an absolute champion he's a delight off the park and on the park he's just a single minded ruthless cricketer and uh, you know there's a lot to admire about that
2: certainly is Sue, so, mate certainly is now the last two weeks been a hell of a test cricket uh season that uh, you've been, you've had pole position to uh call talk us through it Could you believe Ooh. yesterday um as it was getting yeah. closer did you think oh, no, we're going to have that sort of afternoon again. Not, oh, no, it's a, it's a great, oh, no, I'd imagine. But can you believe well, that you've had was, the two? Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, I, look, I, I believe that New Zealand could win against England. I, re- I really did. And uh, a few text messages that floated around on that final morning would back uh, me up on that. But uh, we, we sat there yesterday. We arrived at the ground and, and pretty early, and obviously we had what, a six-and-a-half-hour wait before uh, there was any cricket played. And we discussed amongst ourselves and we were looking at the numbers and thinking about what might be. Uh, And you take into account all the the configurations, don't you, of a test match? How old's the ball? It was a wet outfield. Uh, How is that going to help the swing and the seam and all the rest? And I, I don't think there was a single person in our commentary box who thought New Zealand couldn't do it. And what's more, I don't think there was a single person who thought New Zealand would shut up shop. And I, I think that needs to be acknowledged as well. I think New Zealand absolutely went out there and thought, we're not going to bet for a draw. We're going to play for a win. New Zealand, uh, should I say, England cricket has been given a lot of credit for playing test match cricket that way. It's win or lose. Don't worry about a draw. I think New Zealand uh, should be added to that list because they went out there yesterday. They treated that as a, as a session, as a run chase, almost as a limited overs run chase, which it turned out to be. And, and they played to that effect. And, and there were just so many moments uh, through that test that deserve acknowledgement and, and retrospective thinking. But the way they went out there and approached it, the way Williamson batted was was just supreme. I mean, he, the guy's the master. He's the greatest New Zealanders ever produced. And I think every single one of the skills in his arsenal was on show yesterday. And then Daryl Mitchell, the way he injected himself into the game, the way he called runs between wickets, turned ones and twos, kept the pace up, kept the tempo up, a uh, perfect foil for Kane Williamson, who just was there to do what Kane Williamson has done for such a long period of time. It was a phenomenal effort, really. And Once again, a, another slice of history that the New Zealand team, that is the team uh, that so many people think is on the decline, and, and maybe they're right overall. Uh, but in the last three weeks, we've witnessed, uh, I think, two of the greatest test matches certainly I've seen, and long may it continue. I hope Wellington delivers again.
2: I was going to say, if they're in decline, they're going down swinging. That's for sure, Sumo. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Y- y- you mentioned how uh, the commentary box all thought they would probably have a look at it. Are you sure that another one of yep. Northland's finest didn't see you around the grounds at Hagley and say, strap yourself in, Sumo, we're going to have a lick
3: here? <laughs> I don't think Tim Southey ever had any doubts that they were going to have a look at it, mate, to be honest. Uh, it's not the way he wants to play as cricket either. And, and you can see the camaraderie that, that we all witnessed between England and New Zealand and, and obviously the, the Brennan McCullum effect. You know, Brennan McCullum's fingerprints are on this team as well. Um, and, and Tim Southey is, is one of those acolytes of Brendan's, played a lot of cricket with him, understands how he sees the game, and, and Brendan's imparted a lot of knowledge of the game on Tim Southey. Tim Southey's still trying to find himself as a captain, what style works for him, but he's been thrust into some extraordinary situations in his last two test matches as captain, and he's come up trumps in both. And, you know, what, what better entertainment? Final ball, five days, a rain-affected fifth day, uh, and we also had bad light in this test as well, if you recall. Uh, We lost a lot of overs to slow over rates, yet still somehow this team fashioned a victory. It's amazing. And, and, you know, I, I know that there's a lot of euphoric people out there supporting the Black Caps, and so they should be. That was a test for the ages. And, you know, we didn't think we could top Wellington. Maybe this didn't top Wellington, but certainly tried
5: its hardest.
0: Um, Scotty, you were you there around the ground. You would have been talking to, as you mentioned, you know Craig McMillan, all those guys, as well as the team itself. Any feeling that might this might be the last we see of WAGs um, at test level, given he's going to be 37 and we don't play again until November? He's got a torn hammy, doesn't play a lot of white ball. What do you think?
3: Oh, look, I mean, that's a narrative that's certainly developed, hasn't it? 37 years old and the body's starting to break down and fail him a little bit. Doesn't have the pace that he once did, but I, I guess we we now know why he doesn't have the pace he once. He's basically broken in half. Um, <laughs> it, it may well be his last test, but but ultimately, if, if it is to be his last test, um, you know I, I don't think it should be a case that he's been dropped on form. I, I think there's a there's a natural order of things, and, and maybe Neil Wagner um, has played his last test based purely on the fact that his body has given all it can give, and not just for New Zealand. He's been playing professional cricket adapting his style over and over again to get the best out of himself for a very long period of time. Um, and if he is to be remembered, um, then what better way than the last two test matches where he was uh, a fourfer in the, in the final innings for England and two crucial catches. And then the way he came out there yesterday, bravely, I thought, ran a bye, uh, which most people with a torn hamstring and a bulging disc, they put themselves on ice and say, that's me. He didn't. Uh, he did that. And, and I think he deserves uh, you know, so much credit and, and and all the plaudits he gets maybe it is last Ricardo I don't know that's up to Neil Wagner that's up to whoever the new selector is when the test season begins again in several months time but um, mate, if, if it is the end of his career, he will go down as one of our best ever, and that's how he should be remembered.
6: Yeah,
0: hundred percent, mate, hundred percent. What a way to go out too, eh? Uh, winning it in those in that, in that situation. Scotty, thanks very much for coming on, mate. Uh, I know you've been you're doing the hard yards, and you you've got to uh, warm up for another test starting on Friday. So we'll let you go, but uh, <laughs> I appreciate your time, my friend.
3: Yeah, well, I tell you what, it was a, it was a hard ride and a quiet ride back to the hotel with Russell Arnold as my passenger last night. That's for sure. So we'll get we'll get we'll get Russell back up for the second test, and uh, we'll be swinging <laughs> come uh, come Friday in Wellington.
0: Oh, mate, St Paddy's Day, just get a Guinness in him early, you'll be all right.
3: Oh, tricky it is too. Oh, yeah. oh well, going to be a long
0: day. <laughs> Enjoy, Cheers, Scotty Stevenson from Spark Sport there with us. A uh, big part of the commentary team uh, that will bring you that second test starting on Friday. It is seven away from five here on the run home. Yes, it's uh, coming up five o'clock here on the run home with Ricardo and Beave and double uh, eight double eight double three is our text line. Uh, we are putting together a team list for Tuesday of you know just those hard buggers that go above and beyond uh, and 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 play on much like Neil Wagner did in the cricket yesterday. You got a bunch of texts rolling through on this one.
2: Yeah, we certainly have uh, Sam Burgess and his heroics in the NRL grand final with that uh, broken face that he ran. Uh, of course, that's that's inflicted by his. Uh, Pommy, Pommy international teammate uh,
0: James Graham, wasn't it?
2: James Graham, yeah. He yeah. was actually texted by Jimmy, so I'm not sure if James Graham listens to our show <laughs> uh, from Australia or, or not. He might well um, do. Here's another, here's another brilliant one. Uh, first 15 final, 02, wrong side of the rack in the first 10 minutes. copped the boot to the head, broken cheekbone, dislocated jaw, which is still out of place. copped the shoulder charge in the league five years ago, fractured eye socket, half a mil away from being blind. 60, paid 65 minutes like that. Self nomination. Uh, these self nominations, they are very well deserving.
0: They are. The, there's a there's a fine line between brave and stupid, though, isn't there, Beef?
2: Oh, bravery always wins. <laughs> uh, the boys down at the pub, though. No.
0: <laughs> I bet they do. I bet they do. Uh, coming up after five o'clock, uh, we're going to have Bev's old teammate on the phone. Tawera Kurt is going to join us. Make sure you stay tuned for that and keep your texts coming through. Double eight, double three for Team List Tuesday. <laughs> Herman singlet in the uh in, in the in the bunker in Waikok just had the arms up over the head. He was doing gave it the full flex, mate. What do, what, what do those guns go round about? Sixteen inches, something like that.
2: <laughs> Look, uh, I wouldn't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> Have just trying it for them, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jake. Jake, uh, from you, that means something, yeah. Um, it really does. Um, no, look, it's extremely hot here out in the uh, out in the, what uh, Lewis Herman What calls the provinces. Uh, so, um, yeah, I was just, just trying to keep keep a bit comfortable, really, and around the singer today. Nice. And I didn't realize my um, my physique and um uh, my. State of uh, fashion was going to get so heavily critiqued here. Well, it's it's, block, it's, it's block not yeah.
0: a criticism at yeah. all, beef. It's 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 more a bit e- a bit of envy. Just you know, <laughs> like the the guns out, looking bronzed, Adonis, uh, and uh, and just so so casual with it all. But uh, hey, let's let's have a look, see what's coming up on our Macca's menu because our show is thanks to Mac McDele- uh, Delivery. Uh, get your Macca's favourites delivered with Mac Delivery. Coming up, our uh, tower Shortly, we're going to be talking to him about uh, what it's like at La Rochelle. We'll get a bit of Six Nations uh, info off him as well and see how genuinely good he thinks the French and the Irish are ahead of the World Cup. Uh, We are also going to do a... uh, Drive to Survive with a $100 TAB bonus bet up for grabs. We'll continue with Team List Tuesday. So keep those texts coming through, double eight double three After 6 o'clock, Justin Morgan from the Warriors joins us. He's the defence coach, and we'll get a, a take on what they've done differently this year because they're looking pretty tuned up in defence. After 6.30, it's going to be Blair Chook as well to talk some sale, GP, and then we'll name... Our teamless Tuesday as well before seven o'clock. So there you go. That is what's coming up on Teamless list, list Tuesday. Mick Delivery delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door.
3: This is the Run Home feature interview, thanks to Mick
7: Delivery.
0: And now time to introduce our former teammate of yours, Beef. Uh, obviously, he's probably probably got the uh, the guns out as well today in uh, in, in the sunny provinces. Talwinder Kherbalo, welcome to the show. How are you, sir?
8: G'day, hey, nice, uh, nice to be with uh, you, you two guys. Uh, thanks for having me,
0: mate. It's our our, our pleasure, our pleasure. I, I'm surely you've got some you, you got some stories about the beef that you can tell us.
2: None whatsoever. Far out. I don't know. I might have told half of them last time I spoke to you. I was, <laughs> I was
8: at a cafe in France now, having a croissant and a coffee before training. It was a while ago though.
2: The boys, the boys are very disappointed. Tawera uh, thought that you is our only guest to have ever answered the phone in a foreign language. Uh, might go one better today and answer us in French, but I said he's in Hamilton. And the furthest place in the world from the luxurious lifestyle you live in La Rochelle would be Hamilton.
8: <laughs> yeah, kia ora, tēnā <laughs> <laughs> does but mention...
0: I was gonna so, say, Does that make you trilingual then? Taora.
8: No, no. Honestly, to my embarrassment... I I I definitely speak a b- bit more French than Maori these days, but my French isn't even that good. So there you go. I'm I'm in, I'm in between at the, sec- at the second.
2: Uh, tell us about obviously currently still playing for La Rochelle, who are of a carryover European champions. Uh, we all saw those dramatic photos in the party afterwards last year. What's what's the state of play for you there at the moment? Can't can't be much longer left in the season up there.
8: Oh. Well, Beav in fact you probably forgot since you played up north, but uh, we play most most of the year round. Um so <laughs> <laughs> we're um we're actually just we're just coming into um kind of the second round or maybe a few rounds into the into the second round. I actually missed two games well, we'll, we'll have been back home and against Breve and, and Poe and the boys did really well to win and um we have a, a break the, the last week was a was a break with the Six Nations. Um, and the following week also, and then we're into Bordeaux, and then into the round of 16 uh, in, in Europe, we've got Gloucester. So um, she, she, she's pretty busy, and it kind of heats up this time of the year. This is when you sort of want to be playing playing your best rugby roundabout now um, until the end of the season, and I believe it's uh, June.
2: Remember- Sorry, Ricardo. Yeah, I was going to
8: say, uh, TKB, there was a bit of chat
0: going around when Renz was still running things over in Oz that you might uh, throw on a Wallabies jersey if he was uh, if he was desperate. Was that a Renz-only offer, or have you been on the phone to Eddie Jones as well?
8: No, no, look, I actually got in touch with Renz because when they changed the, um, the eligibility rules, uh, I obviously grew up in, um, in Darwin in Australia, and, and I was actually quite serious, but th- those guys are chockers full with nines at the moment, so... Um, I think uh, you know, Rens and them said they were they they were fine in that department. But I just chucked it out there because I'd love to go and uh, I'm I'm proud to come from the territory and and represent my family and my my friends that that supported me there. But however, it, it wasn't to be, but, but that's cool. I knew it'd probably be a um a long shot. But yeah, I I, I put my hand up. But um, that's really all it was. I think um, maybe a journalist in France kind of blew it out of proportion.
2: Well, I'll tell you what. You know, Eddie might come knocking himself. Uh, to, uh <laughs> you've been obviously been back in New Zealand for a couple of weeks, and uh, I believe you've had a bit to do it for Chiefs. Uh, have you watched much of a Super Rugby? And if so, what have you what have you made of it?
8: Well, look, I'm, unfortunately, be um,
2: where I am, I haven't had the uh,
8: the TV channels um, to, <laughs> to to watch the. <laughs> I was trying to sneak down to the pub a couple, and my wife. Um, games but um, I've watched the highlights and I've, you know, I've tried to get the extended highlights and uh, it's obviously um, I'm extremely happy and impressed that the Chiefs have got off to a, um, a roaring start but uh, I was down at training a couple of times and look, these guys run a whole lot fever. I was pretty happy to be on the sideline. <laughs> now
2: uh, obviously a bit closer to home and uh, something that you're probably a hell of a lot more across than anyone else down here is obviously the Six Nations is going at the moment uh, got a couple of teams standing out. One's team's absolutely floundering at the moment. And the weekend, uh, you probably didn't see the game, but they lost by 50, uh, the English. Uh, do you put a line through the English now for that World Cup, even though they are on the uh, softer side of the uh, World Cup draw?
8: No, nah, look, look, B, you probably know you, you're an experienced international yourself. And it doesn't mean anything. Like, the lead-up to the World Cup, basically, it doesn't mean anything. And... In, in, in you in you know uh, the years that it's not, not a world you know when you're not playing in the world cup the six nations and the tri nations they they they're obviously the pinnacle of the the test calendar um depending on which side of the hemisphere you're on but like you know the experience of the french in the past this this year and the last couple of years they've been a, an extraordinary form but you you can be rubbish right up until the world cup and then make the final semi or win it so you know anything can happen in world cup here. you'd be very silly to write the uh, english off uh, they've just they've just had a new coach come in obviously everyone knows that but he'll he'll still be trying to um figure things out from his end and implement his own structures but um you, you know you'd be a bit of a you'd be a bit of a goose to, to rule a country like england out of um, being able been able to compete in the world cup this year
0: well, we were talking uh, just yesterday, and beeve is still unconvinced by the French and the Irish as genuine World Cup contenders, mate. Uh, can you give us? Can you give us a bit more Wait on that? Can you, uh, do, 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 where, where do you reckon he is on that? Yeah, just cut him off um, have Oh
8: I, I was in the. I was in the. I was at the game uh, when France played the uh, All Blacks, and that stadium was bumping, man. And if. If you've, if you've never played in France, you, you'll find it hard to comprehend the pressure that the crowd and the atmosphere that crowd bring. It's one of the most beautiful countries to play, play in, in the world because of the atmosphere that I imagine as a visiting team. But man, the crowd's bumping and the French are on the front foot. Jesus, at the office, so to speak. And I think in terms of Irish, Johnny Sexton is obviously extremely important to them, And uh, they're, they're, they're very good players in their own right. I mean, Sexton's very important.
0: Yeah, we're just uh, struggling to hear you, but there, TKB. I don't know. We might have to. Obviously, the Lara Shell uh, contract's not enough to get you a decent <laughs> phone when you got home. Um, but Can you hear me that?
8: I'm struggling.
0: Yeah, you're just breaking up a little bit, brother.
8: Go just stand. Just stand on your car outside. Oh, oh yeah, I'll go. I'll go outside into this beautiful,
0: oh, yeah. beautiful sunny weather in Hamilton. You're beautiful Is, now, have mate. Have you got yeah. me?
8: Have you got me now?
0: Yeah, we got you now. Yeah, we better. got you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
8: But, Golden. Okay, sorry. I apologise. Um, I was just saying uh, that Johnny Sexton's extremely important to to the Irish, and in terms of he kind of you know glue, he's, the, he's the glue that holds it all together. And they're, they're respectively, their reserve first fives are very good as well. But. I mean, he's got a wealth of experience. And I think if he's healthy, uh, the Irish are going to be extremely hard to, uh, to beat at the World Cup. So I, I reckon it's pretty exciting. For, for probably the first time, you've got five or so teams plus that, that can really go out there and win it, which is which is pretty cool from a um, spectator's point of view.
2: And obviously, you have a first-hand uh, understanding of the French. There's no... no... No fear or no feel that uh, it might all get too much for them going into this home World Cup. Will either start as joint favourites or, or outright favourites for it themselves?
8: Nah, look, I think the French have come on and leaped some strides in terms of professionalism and obviously the mental side of the game, which you know, Beavers is probably more important than than the physical side. Because when you get there, everyone's as fast as each other, and most most of the time, everyone's got a similar sort of sort of skill sets and it's it's made up of moments and momentum swings and but I think the French you'll find have done a bit of work in in that mental department they've got a they've got an extremely good coach in Fabien Giltier, um, who's who's a he's extremely intelligent and uh, I've heard great things coming out of um, the French camp so I reckon they're, they're genuine contenders but even like I said in France in front of their home crowd I actually don't think it's going to get too much for them and and I think everyone's going to have to be on their A game but. You never know, and that's that's what's so exciting about yeah. the World Cup. Um, every four years she comes around, and I reckon, I reckon she's going to be a cracker this, this year.
0: Yeah, looking forward to it, man. Uh, now, um, Tawara, after this World Cup, we're going to lose Aaron Smith, probably TJ Peranata, as well. Um, you've had a look at a few of the young uh, halfbacks coming through. I know Cortez Ratama is is pretty highly rated at the Chiefs. I know that Beeb's big on Cam Guard, who's been part of the uh, Māori All Blacks. He's, he's at the Canes now. Um, what, what How do you rate those two guys, and, and what do you think about our, our depth at halfback going forward?
8: Well, I can't, I can't really give a, a, a... Proper, you know, honest opinion on Cam Roigab. Unfortunately, I've heard great things about him, but I just haven't managed to watch heaps of um the Hurricanes. Usually, I'm trying to tune in in France to the to the Chiefs and all that. But I I heard he's um he's doing really really great things. And um obviously Cortez, I know Cortez a, a bit more. He, he comes he comes from Hamilton Boys, which was my old school. So um I've seen I've seen him play play a bit as well, and he's a fantastic talent as well as uh for for, for um, down at the Highlanders. Um, and I've, if I've missed anyone else that I apologize, but I think the future, is, you know, it's a, you know, we're pretty fortunate to have so, so many great halfbacks coming through. And obviously, uh, you know, we'll just have to see what happens this year. Um, Nuggie is the, the incumbent and you presume that, you know, he, he'll be one of the guys that will definitely go and Webby's playing the house down at the moment. And obviously Tej coming back from that, uh, Kelly's injury, which, um, uh, by all accounts he's um he's making really good progress on so um you will just have to wait and see it's only three rounds so far but it, it's looking it's looking like an exciting um exciting position to for, for take three you know so it's um it, it's going be a good um a good race for for the nines.
2: now i'm glad we just uh, slipped on to the future here ricardo because uh Tawad actually goes back to france tomorrow and I'm, and I'm hoping to catch him tonight for a for a quick bite and uh and maybe a, a drink so. While we're talking predictions for the future, uh, Tabora, could you tell me will you show up for the first time in your life to a dinner and a drink with a wallet?
6: <laughs>
8: <laughs> you know, you, you, you know what? Pete? <laughs> there, there, there's a there's a there's a misconception that that I that I don't show up with my wallet, mate. But um. Since I've come all the way from France, it's, uh, it's pretty expensive to get airline tickets these days. <laughs> you know, I was, uh, I was hoping you'd a be no. a bit more graceful. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I, I, I flew about 21 hours, and you got about an hour and a half down the motorway. But you know, you know what, beaver I, I went and I went and passed about a million balls for you. You kicked them. <laughs> I went and retrieved them, then came back and passed them to you again. So I, I would hate to break with tradition,
2: and it's on me tonight. Well, that'll be something. If if I don't show up tomorrow, people it's because I've suffered a heart attack uh at dinner uh, tonight. So uh pray for me, New Zealand. Uh that's brilliant, Tawida. Uh we will catch you later on and again thanks for coming on the show, mate. Muchly appreciate your uh your pearls of wisdom and uh your tips on uh the World Cup for us. No, it's a um it's it's a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me and um
8: I can understand why you're in the media you spin a bloody good yarn, beef. Thanks a lot. <laughs>
3: That was the Run Home feature interview. Thanks to Mick Delivery. Staying in to watch the sport? Let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with Mick Delivery.
8: It's uh,
0: 19 past five here on the Run Home. What a a good roost the TKB is, uh, uh, Beef. Uh, Good get, mate. Good get. You, You pulling out the black book, getting all the contacts for us?
2: Yeah, look, uh, the things you do. Uh, as you told her, to rang me up and said, hey, any chance of getting some airtime <laughs> on your show? So, I mean... he's
0: looking for a future he, in the media?
2: Yeah, well, you might think it's all my doing, but when they come to you, uh, Ricardo, it makes your life a whole lot easier, doesn't it? You know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, fa- fascinating. I knew I was going to wind him up by saying I'm not sh- convinced about these French... Um, <laughs> no, he's he's, he's he's long said to me that they're building incredibly. Uh, he says the depth... Particularly in some positions, the depth that he talks about, he said the loose forward depth. You just can't quite comprehend the, the size of these these humans floating around in the French top league and their ability, because they're a different sort of loose forward in France. And then the New Hampshire in general, you know, we we always think of a loose forward. You know, not the biggest men, but they'll be across the ball, they'll be fit as buggery, you know, and uh, and brave, and which you know they all are for loose forwards. But up there and I noticed a lot when we played in England, the the sevens, you know, our typical open side flanker, sometimes they're just a big lump of meat that uh, can get across the ball and you just can't shift. And they're, and they're not that dynamic McCaw or Kane or Artie Savier sort of Dalton Papali, sort of athlete. They're a different sort of athlete, but, you know, they work. And uh, and I think that's what he's often alluded to, the, the size of these units up there who are playing in the loose four trios. And, of course, the halfbacks up there. Um, you know, obviously, their captain, De is is, uh, well, he's second to none at the moment, isn't he? So I don't know if you've watched much of the Six Nations, but boy, watching him, it's not often you get genuinely excited about just watching one player. But when De playing, and even when I watched him play the Irish when they lost, and they, you know, we had Bossy on, and Bossy's watched a lot of Northern have rugby, and he said, "Oh, it wasn't one of DuPont's best games. I was thinking, jeepers." I'd hate to see him when he's playing a 10 out of 10 because uh, that was pretty impressive in a losing effort itself.
0: Wow, yeah. I'm looking forward to this World Cup, mate. It's getting uh, getting closer and closer. and Tell you what, it's going to be hard to pick. Probably the hardest one to pick so far, I reckon.
2: Yeah, well, it's just... And we, we harp on about it, but it's just a shame that that quarterfinal weekend we're going to lose two of the, probably the top four favourites going into it because they're all playing each other on the side that we're, we're, we're in. So, jeez... Uh, it's, uh, it is going to be exciting. I, I think I think the picture becomes a lot clearer after quarter final week. I mean, that's probably stating the obvious. Yeah. But uh, four becomes two for me after quarter final week. I can't see. I don't. I don't see a winner coming from the other side of the draw. I really don't. I mm. see the four. The four that we've got on our side: the All Blacks, the box, the the French, and the Irish. You, you can't see it coming out of it. I know we're going there with this big Open World Cup, but I think it still comes down to probably those four, unless as Tarwita says. The English get their act together. Um, They've got the player depth, they've got the personnel to get it all together. But you just, you just struggle to comprehend. They've lost fifty, lost by fifty at home to the French just in the weekend.
0: Man, the Irish play them this weekend in Dublin. And if the Irish win, then they've clean swept. They've they've done the slam, and and they've got the Six Nations.
2: And like, with all that on the line, and the Irish and their relationship historically towards the English, don't you think? that they are going to be absolutely sky. I mean, Dublin, Dublin will be the place to be. If you can be anywhere this weekend, you want to be in Dublin because the English will be over. It'll be a wonderful mood. St. Patrick's
0: oh. weekend as well oh, in Dublin. Oh, St.
2: Patrick's weekend, jeepers. It oh. will be party party central Dublin. i right? tell you what, Irish.
0: if you're an English player this weekend, you might fall it fine. You've got a tight calf at training this
2: week. <laughs> <laughs> Just quietly. The old hemer is kicking in.
0: <laughs> Indeed, it is 5.23 here. On the run home, we'll be back with more of your texts. Keep them coming through. Double eight, double three for our weekend warriors. Our teamless Tuesday blokes that have gone above and beyond and played through the pain. It's five twenty-eight here on SCNZ. This is the run home with Ricardo and Beef. No, cursed. Uh, she's not feeling particularly well at the moment, so hopefully she's not too far away from being back. But uh, Beef, our teamless Tuesday's taken off, uh, looking after Wags' uh, endurance, uh, bulging disc, torn hammy, strapping up and going out there and, and playing in that test and, and and helping win the test. We want to put a team together of blokes who are absolute warriors and play through the pain.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and geez, we've asked for nominations about yourself, about from your, your teammates down the local footy club, and uh, also some wonderful memories uh, have started to capture our imagination. Here's a good one Hey Ricardo, Reed Conway to avoid his already permanently damaged finger being injured while on tour and having to miss playing. He got his finger chopped off after the final back Black Troll after being named. On the tour to go to South Africa in 1960. <laughs> <laughs> now, just, just get
0: rid. It's going to keep me out of the team. Just cut it off. Uh,
2: Showgate on the wing. She won the 1977 Trent from Stakes despite having broken down during the race. That's from Craig. Well, you, you don't often see a horse bounce back uh, when it's got a bit lame, do you, mm, Ricardo? No, that's that true. Is, that is a great nomination. Um, After <laughs> Ricardo a mate of mine rode in the final of the bull ride at Townsville Rodeo with a broken sternum. Took three guys to hold him while they put his vest on before ride. Yet the same bloke couldn't watch a horror movie because they're too scary. Go figure. <laughs> that's from Brian. Brian, that's a great nomination. That
0: is a massive nomination. I love that. And this one has just come back, uh, come through from producer Jacob, I think. Um, played through... Uh, to the final of the paper plane championships with not one but four paper cuts on my throwing hand
4: and nearly passed out.
2: That would be young Jacob.
4: That was yeah. a tough day, Ricardo. It really was. I, I don't know how I made it through, to be honest. I had plasters everywhere. Oh, mate.
2: I don't know if this is Jacob again here. Oh, no, it's from Carl. Uh, I got drunk at the age of 13 on Blackberry Nip. I had to go to a hospital to have my stomach pumped. My mother thought I was going to die, but next morning at 9am I played football and got man of the match. Oh, Carl, another warrior out of the Wayne Shelford, <laughs> Neil Wagner variety. That is, that is unbelievable from you, Carl. Yeah, and they keep them coming through, Double eight, double three
0: nominations for our team list Tuesday. Coming up, your opportunity uh, to win with Drive to Survive, $100 TOB bonus bet. We'll do that before 6 o'clock. We'll go through some more texts, though, after the latest in news and sport from Johnny Mac. It's 27 away from six here on The Run Home on SCNZ with Ricardo and Beaver. You can call us anytime on the Makita phone line 0800 150 811. Uh, just like Brent from Wellington has, who uh, has got a nomination for us, B for our Teamless Tuesday. G'day,
1: Brent. How are you, mate? Yeah, not bad, uh, Ricardo. I've got two for you, brother. Keith Murdoch propped a skarman in South Africa in 1970 with a ruptured appendix. <laughs> That'll hurt. You imagine how painful that would have been. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That would. Uh, mate, how do you? How are you holding up? About nine hundred kilos of beef on the other side with a ruptured appendix. That's going. That's going tough. Exa-
1: exactly, brother. And Ricardo, I played a game with an arm broken in three places because we had no reserves. I couldn't go off. Ooh,
7: what were you playing, yeah. rugby or league or rugby? Yeah. I just shifted to <laughs> fullback, bro. But I couldn't do much, you know.
2: <laughs> you just hope that they didn't kick it to you, Brent. Correct. <laughs> uh, the things we
1: do for our the things we do for our 40 yeah, bro.
2: Oh absolutely and uh, and the yarns afterwards. That's brilliant, Brent. Thank you for your call of two wonderful little nominations there. Uh, Murdoch and Brent himself from Wellington. Uh, guys, Chuck Gary went in there. Could pack a punch. I felt it broke my jaw. Cheers.
0: <laughs> from Ken. From and he's Ken. St- and, and Ken's still a blues fan after all of that.
2: After all of that. Uh, definitely a Richie McCaw. He played through the World Cup with a broken foot. That's from Zade. Thank you, Zade.
0: Is that is that true, Beef? You you would have shared a dressing room. Did he have a broken foot the whole way through that World Cup?
2: Uh, by the time I got there, I do believe they were they were managing a foot issue, and uh, yeah, I think he got it operated on fairly quickly afterwards. Mm. So I'm not I never sure what part of the foot was it was, but uh, yeah, I know he didn't train a hell of a lot by the time I was there, and uh, we have just been nursing it nursing it through. So, yeah, one tough hombre, that man, uh, McCaw. Uh, Mahi drives, though, winning bronze at the Beijing Olympics. He had to be carried off a stretcher as he was so sick. That was Hardy. Starting lock, obviously, for our teamless Tuesday team.
0: Mate, that's, but, that's a great nom. That's a great nomination, that one.
2: Uh, the, uh, the rowing boys, they have an ability to distance themselves from pain, just from a training point of view. A uh, couple of hockey ones here. Uh, Shay, the great Kiwi, uh, played for the GM Blacksticks with broken ribs, eye socket, and broken finger. Oof. All in one match. There's some sky who uh, was obviously know would be a part of that. And again, this was already nominated on an earlier call, I do believe. The Hockey 76 Olympic gold medal goalkeeper shattered his kneecap first half, played full game. Um... Gotta get that name of that goalkeeper because uh we had it on earlier, uh, and it was nominated. Uh I've had a mate Trevor Manning. Oh, it was Trevor Manning, was it? Producer Jacob he's a quick researcher for oh, me. Trevor is. Manning what? was the seventy six goalkeeper mentioned there. Uh he will have to find a team spot for us in Teamless Tuesday. Yeah, Ricardo, I had a mate uh shatter his kneecap uh when we were a youngster's uh water scan. Oh.
0: Yeah. Just was that Just, impact or
2: Ah uh, no 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 just gave way on him and just the kneecap just went exploded. Mate, that is ridiculous. Um, yeah. yeah yeah not not a nice way to spend your Sunday afternoon. I mean water skiing is yeah uh, but shedding a kneecap yeah. uh, so man, much. No no not no. so much. Yeah I played
0: um, I played under eighteen open weight rugby league in Auckland with a couple of roosters uh, Damien and Grant. Uh, one of them wore one of those shoulder holster things, you know, that to, to yes. stop your shoulders going back. Yep. And yep. He, he was our hooker because he'd always pop a shoulder. And uh, about halfway through the game, he'd always get annoyed with it and take it off, and then he'd pop his shoulder in the second half <laughs> and then pop it back in and go back out. And as mate Grant, who played second row for us, same he had a dislo- he'd dislocate his kneecap about every second game, um, but they couldn't do anything until they could do the surgery. So the surgeon told him he couldn't do any more damage to keep playing. So he'd come off, put his kneecap back in, put some ice on it, and then come
2: back out later on. Yeah, but can't do any more damage to it. That's always an interesting tale because I think there's, there's something around your knees, either the ACL or the MCL, that you can actually get away with not having. Right. Um, and, it's, and it's not until sometimes some of the boys go for scans that go, oh, you, you haven't got an ACL or you haven't got an MCL. I'm <laughs> not sure which way around. i no, no genius, but yeah, that, that often happens. Um, so, yes. Sammy Two tapoe when you're talking about those things, uh, the straps that stop your shoulders, yeah. he had one of those too. He, had, uh, he would always do his collarbones. Surprise, surprise for a man that hits like him. Mm. His collarbone, uh, if you, most people obviously have a, a relatively smooth line from the back of their neck down to their shoulder. Uh, he would have some sort of skyscraper in amongst the middle of it. That was just a collarbone. Sort of not piercing out, it wasn't a compound collarbone, <laughs> but essentially that was the best way to describe it. Uh, and still has it to this day. Uh, we're in terror, I guess, of a man that used his shoulders fairly heavily. Yeah, and fairly um, for me, effectively. Uh, for me, no such issue. Uh, lovely smooth line, no, <laughs> no big bulging skyscraper in the middle of my uh, traps line.
0: No, nah, none at all. Uh, we do have I've got a, a breaking news story to come through here, uh, Beef, uh, on the text line. Breaking news, Ukraine has sent a request to the New Zealand Ministry of Defence for those 16-inch guns seen out in Waiuku earlier today.
2: <laughs> uh, you boys, which one of the texts is from the producer is that the burner <laughs> phone from the uh, producer's den again is it? I think it
0: might be I think it might be keep them coming through keep them coming through double eight double three that is the temper bed post text line it is 21 away from six and time for drive to survive we're going to do it after this give us a call 0800 the Makita phone line 0800 $100 from the TAB could be all yours
2: This, this is, is Drive to Survive. Oh yes, yeah, Drive to Survive, Ricardo. That's what time it is. Uh, I know you were looking at me and I was looking at you and producer Jacob was just looking at <laughs> the ground thinking, it's not my show, um, so even the boys is all done. Uh, sorry, sorry so, babe, I thought this was your baby, so I was, li- I was just <laughs> leaving the floor for you. It just is a my baby.
4: dramatic effect, I thought that was. <laughs> it is, it Drive is my baby. to survive.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I just never know uh, when we have a variety of uh, uh, co-hosts. Because um, I don't even know how Kirst does it. Sometimes she lets me take it straight from the top. Sometimes she wants to have her 10 cents. It uh, all depends on how much uh, energy she's got. So that's why I'm always uh, a little bit hesitant to just jump in from the start, Ricardo. So... I apologise for that, and I just love the way, talk about a safe pair of hands back in the producers' box, Jacob just, he pretty much walked out of the room, he didn't want anything to do with it. Um, not on me, he said, me not, on this. Me. not on me, uh, but we'll get started now. We have a good, good amount of, well, people that are hungry for this $100 from the great people at the TAB, and why wouldn't you be? It's Tuesday. There's odds plenty when you look at the NRL this weekend. The breakers are off there tomorrow to try and create a bit of history. And, of course, Super Rugby just keeps rolling on. So $100 in your account right now, that would be nice. We're going to start in, well, we're going to start in the spirit of tolliger Bay, but most likely Auckland. It's Ed. Ed, how are you, mate?
1: Hey, man.
5: All good beef? Well, and hey,
2: truly Ricardo. good here, mate. Hey, bro. Tell me, Ed. You must have listened yesterday. Yep. I know you I know you won't be caught for this little trick question. This little shot across the bow that the producers cooked up yesterday. Name all four of the undefeated teams in the NRL after round two.
1: Oh, I think the bro missed the dragons. So it was um, Broncos, Dolphins, Manly and Dragons.
2: I knew you wouldn't fall for that one. Well done, Ed. We're up and we are running with Ed from Tolaga Bay. Name the two teams that have had a bye out of those four. The Dragons. The Dragons, Dragons there's one other. Dragons are Manly. Absolutely, Ed. On fire here. Over or under. Did Maya Wilson score over or under 55 goals against the Southern Steel last night? Over. Over. Is correct. Ed, you're on fire here, mate. Final question Thank of lap one for Ed. Did Fosbury sorry, did did, did sorry, the did in his first name got awfully confusing there for me as I'm reading my monitor. Dick Fosbury sadly passed away at the ripe old age of 76 on Sunday. What was he famous for? Uh
1: gold medal in Mexico for the for inventing the Fosbury flop?
2: more than I needed there Ed but that is tremendous of course he invented the Fosbury flop on his way to becoming an Olympic champion lap 2 question 1 Ed has started this off and he might just go all the way for 100 how many points clear of Man City are Arsenal after match day 27 I think they're still 5 they are They are, Ed. Don't you worry about that. Lap two, question two. Ed is doing it all himself at the moment. How many test centuries has King Kane Williamson now hit for New Zealand?
9: Oh, I don't know that one there,
2: Bieber. Um, Give me a guess, mate. Give me a guess. You deserve to have a guess.
3: I have a guess. Uh, 16? Sorry. His engine has blown.
0: Such a good run, Ed. Such a good run.
2: An outstanding run. An outstanding run. I'll just go back to the monitor and work out where we're going to now. We are going to go to Christchurch. And we have John on the line. John, how are you? Good, Dave. How you going, mate? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Tell me, how many test centuries has the great Kane Williamson now hit for New Zealand? Uh, now maybe
5: 26.
4: Can you repeat that, John? Can
2: you repeat that? 27. I think 27. 27 is correct. Brilliantly done. Now, we really get close to this, giving away this money tonight here. True or false, is Kane Williamson fourth innings average above 55? Um, Yeah, I'll say it is, actually. Here you go. Casual as you like, but John now has got to the final frontier. He is about to take away a hundred with him if he can knock this question over. Two players could potentially make their debuts for the black caps in the upcoming ODI series against Sri Lanka. Name these two players. Um oh gee, I heard that today.
9: In the
5: one in the one day stuff, not, not the yep,
2: next one day, match, is that correct? No, one day stuff. Um, oh, God, I heard it today too, Beav, actually.
1: Um, who is going to be doing that today? Um,
5: so I'm not even Googling. I'm just trying to think about it because I heard it today. Um, oh, oh, yep, the guy from Canterbury, um, Chad Bowes.
2: Bowes? Yes, that's one. I'm going to need the other one. Off, it off, be Yes, yeah,
5: nah, tires Yeah, you can see it's in a shred.
2: It is not Shipley. That'll be the opening question tomorrow on your Wednesday when we are playing for 150. Two players could potentially make their debuts for the Black Caps in the upcoming ODI series against the Lankins. Name those two players. Chad Bowles. Has it already been given to you?
0: Who is Who's the, the other? other one? Who's the other one? There you go. Drive to Survivor will be back tomorrow,
2: 150 bucks. Oh. Whoop. What a game! Well done, well done to a few of the uh, heavy lifters there, uh, Ed and John. Yeah, they took they took the guts of the work out there, and uh, we just couldn't quite get it done. Quickly before we go to the break, where do we stand on this one? Michael Jordan flu game that end. But obviously, this listener all about it. The flu.
4: Yeah. I don't know. I don't it's know not if Michael injury, Jordan.
2: Though. Well, and it's cheapest. The curse pain ca- factor.
4: Curse couldn't do it.
2: Yeah,
4: Kirsten do. don't do hungover either.
2: She don't do hungover play. Um, right, but uh, so, flu game I, I, because it's Michael Jordan. Obviously, it gets this amazing feat. But I mean, it wasn't even COVID, was it? No, it was just, it was just your sta- stock standard. Wouldn't shut down the world for it. Sort of flu. Exactly. Just your your runny nose and your cough. I don't know. Don't know if he makes our team on that Yeah, I'm. I'm saying no. I'm saying yes. no beef. No, and I'm prepared to go along with you there on this one, Ricardo. I was leaning towards that. Uh, split kneecap, playing rugby, still managed to go to the pub before heading to A&E. Never played a game, though, due to the injury. Cheers, Keith. See, Keith makes my team every day of the week ahead of Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Every day of the week with that sort of attitude. That is what you want.
0: Keep them coming through. Double A, double three, the temper bedpost text machine as well. We are eight away from six. A couple of minutes away from uh, six o'clock here on SENZ. This is The Run Home with Ricardo and Beve. Our Makita phone line is 0800 150 Makita, rule the outdoors. And uh, Beve, had a had a message come through from a mate of mine, actually, who's been listening, yes. listening on his drive home, and he said, you haven't mentioned Bert Troutman. For your uh, teamless Tuesday, and I know you're probably going to go, who's Bert Troutman, so I'll tell you. Uh, He was a German soldier, Second World War, right? Got captured, spent the rest of the war in England, decided he wasn't going to get repatriated back to Germany, stayed in England. Ended up turning professional as a footballer and played in the 1956 FA Cup final for Manchester City. 75 minutes in, went down to make a save, got a knee in the side of the neck, knocked him out, no subs in those days, so played on. Said the, the rest of the game was a bit of a fog. Made a couple more saves. Went and got his mid, mid, winner's medal. Prince Philip said, mate, your, your neck looks like it's got a bit of a crick in it. And he thought he could probably just sleep it off. It was just a knock. Three days later, he ended up getting an x-ray at the Manchester Royal Infirmary. Said he had dislocated five vertebrae, the second of which was cracked in half. It was a third it jammed against the third vertebrae. The only thing that stopped him breaking his neck.
2: That's, again, when you talk flus, uh, that's another level again. Uh, so that's, another, that's a strong nomination. Um, he'd be a good fullback. He'd be a good fullback. Um, this is a little bit of a contradiction to that wonderful story, but uh, this text has been coming from any, we'll say, current soccer player. Any current soccer player who continues to play minutes after it looks like they have suffered a near career not just career-ending, life-threatening injury from a tackle. <laughs> if you know, you know. Oh, we know, all right. We've watched enough. Uh, apart from, of course, Jacobs-Phoenix, the rest of those teams around the world, geez, they carry on when they get touched, don't they? Is that, uh, is that the full practice. name now? Is
0: it the Wellington Jacobs-Phoenix? I like
4: it. Yeah, you know, I've um, trademarked it, and you know, I'm getting a bit of cash on the side for it, Ricardo. They're such Prepare, a great team.
2: If you're prepared to get your kit off, like Jacob with a hot, balmy <laughs> afternoon.
0: Yep. I, on was, I was with the yellow fever. Oh, there you go. Look at that. It'll give you a fever seeing that. Hell, you no shirts on. <laughs> in 10 minutes to go. <laughs> i
4: put you in the team. <laughs>
0: it'll, give,
2: it'll give some people a fever, that's for sure. Yeah.
0: Coming up to six o'clock, we've got the latest in news in sport from Johnny Mack. And then we're going to catch up with Warriors assistant coach, a man himself, Justin Morgan. It's four past six here on SENZ. This is The Run Home with Ricardo and Beef. Thanks to Mick Delivery. What's coming up on our Maccas menu? You can get your Maccas favourites delivered with Mick Delivery. Shortly, Justin Morgan, the Warriors assistant coach is uh, going to join us. He's in charge of the defence and a uh, great time to get him on too, just as all the teams have come out and a few changes for this Warriors team against the Cowboys this week. We'll talk to him about that shortly. We'll continue Teamless Tuesday. Keep your nominations coming through on 0800 150 Blair Chug's going to join us after 630 And then we're going to name our team for Team List Tuesday as well before 7 o'clock. All that coming your way. That is the Macca's menu. Mick Delivery delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. And uh, the team is out beef for the Warriors. No Jackson Ford or Chance Nickel Clockstad either. Both are out because of the head knocks that they took in that game against the Roosters. And... uh, You've got to think that those are pretty significant because Chance Nickel Klockstad, particularly, uh, been a key part of the uh, Warriors' defence in those first two games.
2: Yeah, absolutely. He's been uh, he's been brilliant since he's been back. But I, I've just noticed too they've lost Drinkwater and Hicko Obviously, Drinkwater I thinks out for that uh, that shoulder charge that, that broke the jaw. He's got three uh, but, games, I think. But, so it's uh, on Corey Oates there. So it's um, I guess like for like. But uh, yeah, be fascinating to. Hear from uh, Justin Morgan about the the man replacing him too, and uh, and how it's all shaping up for this week ahead.
0: Yeah, well let's uh, let's bring him into the show, Justin Morgan. How are you, mate? Yeah, good mate. Good to talk to you guys. Yeah, good to ha- good to have you on, mate. And uh, obviously had had to do a little bit of juggling around. Uh, do you want to talk us uh, through how uh, Chance and and Jackson are shaping up, and when you think they might be back? Yeah,
5: look, they both suffered obviously head knocks in the game um they had a, a few symptoms post game so that naturally just rules them out there are new rules around the nrl is now that you have to have a stand-down period of 11 days but you can't get special permission from a doctor independent doctor but you mustn't suffer from any symptoms and they both had a few headaches etc so we just aired on the side of portion, follow the protocols and uh that allows us to you know to prepare properly and especially with the extra long travel. We wouldn't have been able to test those guys until Thursday. They would have had to jump on a flight, get to Townsville, test them, and then they would have been in or out, come that way. If they were out, would have had to fly straight back and so forth. So in a way, it was a good decision to make the decision early in the week. Uh,
0: You've got uh, Tain Tuapiki uh, listed there to make his debut for the Warriors at fullback. He impressed in the trials, mate. How's he been looking during the week?
5: Oh, mate, he's pretty pumped. Um, look, it's a great story with Kane. He obviously, um, Kiwi boy, went over and uh, played Queensland Cup, stood out in that competition. Um, he's quick, he's fast, he's, he's not real big, but um, yeah, he makes up for it in terms of determination. He's been a real student of the game since he's arrived at the club. He came on a trainer trial, really impressed, as you said, in the trial, decided to promote him to the top 30 um, just because of his hard work, and also we saw him as a genuine cover for Chance in case he got injured um, or something like this happens. So you don't hand out top 30 contracts, you know, easily. Um, so he certainly earned that, and uh, you know he's really fizzing. And it's great for a player to 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 make his debut, but also you know early in the week. You know, he obviously was told um, from the coach yesterday that he's in. He can all obviously organise for his family and friends to attend the game, and he can slowly start to prepare for, for the game on uh, on Saturday. So um, I think the, the fans will love him. Uh, the players certainly love playing and uh, training with him, um, and the players that have played with him in the trial and certainly at training have really enjoyed it. He brings lots of energy. Um, he's forever, you know, jumped up next to me at my office asking me, you know, reviewing training, you know, how do I go with the numbers here? Defensively, should I put another number here? They've got spine on that side. Should we go five and five or five and six or... So he's forever trying to improve himself. And as a coach, you can only, you know, they're the ideal players. So we're really excited and, and really proud of him to be making his debut this weekend.
2: Justin, obviously, talking about improving, uh, came up just short against So he's one of the, the favourites for this year's competition in the weekend. What's, what's this week been about for, for the Warriors moving forward to, so I guess, another one of the uh, pre-tournament or, or pre-competition favourites?
5: It doesn't get much easier, does it? You know. Um, so look, you know, we thought we, um, we thought, we thought our effort was good, but look, effort's not good enough. Effort, not effort's not good enough to win games. We need to execute our plays, but we created enough opportunities against the against the Roosters, and um, you know, and even during the game, we really didn't create a huge amount of pressure on them. Uh, we didn't really go set for set, and the times that we did, we made line breaks or we scored points. So. Um, the one part of our game when I was talking to you last week about you know, improving our kicking game, off the that certainly improved. I thought Sean was very, very strong in that department. You know, it gave us an opportunity to build pressure, but some of our lack of discipline and, and some poor decisions and ball handling let us down, and that just gifted them field position and the amount of defending that we had to do early in the game caught up with us at the back end. I think you know possession in the first 20 minutes was something like 75-25. So um, that's always going to catch up with you, especially in the heat. So... We've been talking this week about making sure we get an even crack of possession. If we do that, we're very confident that um, you know that the plays that we've got and the, certainly the completion rates that we've been having for the first couple of weeks will really put us in the contest. So it's a different type of challenge um, against the Cowboys. They're, they're a physical side in the middle of the field. Um, play with a lot of vigor through the middle. Um, and they have a lot of set pieces. You know, Todd Payton's very good with set pieces from scrums and taps, etc. So... We're gonna to have to be very good with that. They've obviously got a couple of new players coming into their team as well, with uh, Drinkwater and and Pet being suspended. But um, I don't think they lose a huge amount. You know, a team with Val Holmes and Jason Tomalolo in it, um, you know, and Chad Townsend, um, Dearden's playing really well in the six He's a big threat carrying the football. Um, but again, you know, we've got one big training session tomorrow. Um, we feel as though that um, you know, if we can right some of the wrongs in terms of our execution, we'll certainly put ourselves in a really good position to win the game.
2: And obviously, you just mentioned there from a defensive point of view, I guess, plenty of a threats coming at you. But uh, Townsville, uh, explain to us what that's like uh, at this time of year. Obviously, 7.30 at night, I, I presume, is a little bit more generous than an afternoon game there. But uh, from what you hear, she's uh, pretty tough, tough conditions to hold on to a pill. Yeah, it's hot. <laughs> no,
5: yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you're right, mate. It's, it's, um, it's, it's warm. But in saying that, you know, um, Christchurch, when we played down in Christchurch against Melbourne, it was hot. It was, you know, it was uh, abnormally hot down there and that was in the middle of the afternoon. So that sort of gave us a good prep last week in Sydney against the Roosters. Really, really hot. Um, Yeah, and and our GPS numbers, and I know you always don't, you you know, you don't always put a huge amount of weight in, you know, the scientific numbers, but in terms of our work rate and, you know, our fitness markers, at the back end of games have been really strong for the last three weeks. Um, even though they've been in really difficult conditions. So, you know, the message from, from us to the boys is we've done the work. We've done the work, boys. You know, we've we've done the work. We look good. We look strong. Even though we've had to do our, you know, extra share of defence, which generally takes a lot more out of you physically, we're still able to throw punches. You know, we're still able to throw things at the roosters last week. And, and like I said, while the execution wasn't great, you know, we didn't fold over. So we're very confident that regardless of the conditions, it's something that we don't have any control over. Um, that, that, that will be fine. You now, the ball will naturally be a little bit more slippery, you know, because of the sweat and on the ball. Um, but it'll be the same for both teams. So um, we've sort of briefly addressed it, but I don't think it's going to be a concern for us. Uh,
0: Morgs, the defence has been pretty damn good this season. Um, what, do you, what do you put that down to? Because um, obviously we leaked a few last season. Uh, is it new defensive plans? Is it a different fitness? Is it a different mindset? What do you put it down to?
5: Yeah, I... Ricardo, I think it's a a combination of all those things. I know know you and I, we've had lots of discussions about uh, footy for for a long time. And, you know, when we talk about defense, it's a real attitude. Regardless of what sort of system you've got, what sort of, you know, way you want to defend, it doesn't really matter if you don't have the right attitude, you know. And um, I think we've spent lots of time practicing. Um, We've changed a few things, you know, structurally with the way we defend, but we've certainly spent a lot of time. So I think in the preseason, you know, if we break it down percentage-wise, it's certainly doing 70% of our sections were defence. And then when we were doing attack, we were obviously, you know, coupling it up with defence, you know, playing against each other. So we've always had a real strong focus on it um, for the preseason. And uh, the players have really bought into it. they really bought into it. We've, we've simplified a few things. We've changed a couple of things on the edge to... To, you know, to, to make things a little bit easier. And, and I think the, the best thing that um, this coaching group have done is get the players believing in the system. And when, you, when players believe in the system, their attitude turns and they change and they go all of a sudden, yeah, this is good. Yeah, this will work. This is, this is good stuff, boys. So um, you know, it, it's, it's down to the players and the way they've really taken it on board. Um, we've still got a little bit of improvement um, in terms of you know our, our tackling, I think. Um, but certainly our wrestle on the ground and our attitude to defence has been uh, has been improved. We've certainly put ourselves under a bit of pressure at times, we haven't had to do too much of it. So hopefully this week we can flip it around. We can have 75% of the ball, they can have 25, and we can uh, we can test out our attack rather than test out our defence so much.
2: Now, Justin, before we let you go, uh, obviously on Tuesdays you name a mountain of players, and and often these changes uh, happen late in the piece, and we won't ask for any. Uh, groundbreaking news on a Tuesday, but uh, a pretty popular name, uh, Jez Tavanga, back on an extended bench, getting pretty close to some game time.
5: Yeah, he played 30, he played 40 minutes last week in the Cup, um, and there was no coincidence when he came off the field, you know, things weren't didn't run as smoothly for them. So, uh, yeah, he's very much in the mix. Um, he's a really good chance of playing this week. Um, if he does, he's likely to come off the bench for it. So we'll finalise our 17 a little bit later in the week. Obviously, Josh Curran's got to get through yeah, you know, a little bit of a fitness test. Um, and again, obviously, Bunky's been sort of promoted into the starting team, Mitch Barnett, going back into the back row. So that sort of shuffled things around a bit. But yeah, Jazz is uh, is very close. And um, if he has a strong week training-wise, I'm I'm pretty confident he'll be somewhere within the team.
0: Good stuff, Morgs. Hey, listen, mate, thanks very much for your time, bud. Uh, and best of luck this weekend up in, uh, up in Townsville. I hope you can come home with another W.
5: Yeah, thanks, boys. And uh, enjoy you the rest of your evening.
0: Yeah, it will do. Thanks, Thanks very much. Uh, Justin Morgan there with us, the assistant coach of the Warriors and uh, our man in charge of defence. Sounds like they've been drilling the D hard. Uh, 70% of the training's been been defensive, drills beef.
2: Yeah, well, the old saying, defence wins titles. And that's uh, it, right though, isn't it? It doesn't matter what you play, attitude. Attitude's attitude. And uh, you can have all the best laid plans and all the rest of it, but if you don't have the attitude, then, yeah, it's pointless. Yeah, You know, you, you can know, have some coach up on the board with his whiteboard marker and uh, joining zeros and crosses and telling you to go here and there and everywhere, but attitude attitude wins out, Ricardo. And, uh, you know, it's something, you know, the Warriors in the past, in the, in the bleak times, have been accused of not having. Uh, but you can't certainly say that about this mob. And as you said, uh, they've talked about, they've done the work. They've, they've done all the hard yards in pre-season. And, uh, you know, all the talk was that they were, they were rugby league fit as opposed to whatever other sort of fitness they've been in the past. So um, that allows them to be better defensively because once your voice goes, and I presume rugby and rugby league are the same defensively, once your voice goes, then your defensive system goes because the guy inside you and outside you doesn't have a clue what you're doing. <laughs> and, uh, and the, you know, the, the old the old saying of the tackler's individual, but defence is about the team. Um, it's... it's Pretty much what he's saying there about around the attitude and, and how good it's been. So uh, fascinating listening to Justin Morgan when we get an opportunity. Obviously, uh, I didn't realise I was such a probing uh, interview, but uh, obviously we've got Jazz Tavanga uh, playing mm. this weekend. Yeah. Uh, so you heard it here first. I mean, I didn't want to leak that to the Cowboys on a Tuesday, um, but it just got it just got given to us Ricardo. So another feather in the cap um, for, for the run home and uh, how hard we dig.
0: Well, I think we're going to have to change the intro to the show. Uh, the, the run home featuring investigative journalist, Beef. <laughs>
2: well, it, Go it's, on, it's worried, it worries me how hard we're going at the moment because people might not come on uh, if they know that they're going to get grilled like that mm. and just have to give up
4: yeah, sense have, of information. They'll have their guard up next time they come on, know. right, Beef?
2: Maybe we should get, maybe, I don't know, someone from Biden's office and just <laughs> uh, f- find out what's going on there. I like the Pentagon. it. Pentagon. Yeah, yeah. Hey,
4: Jake can get and to work. See up
2: see what <laughs> yeah, I can exactly. Do,
4: yeah. That's all that means, right? It's just more work for me. Classic.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I got to, I got I got with de go Cubalo for you today. You can get me someone from Biden's office tomorrow, can't okay?
4: you? There you go. That's Easy
0: the, work. That's the deal. Yeah. That's the deal. This is Z The run home. Ricardo and Beef with you. Keep it coming through. Double eight, double three. Teamless Tuesday. Uh, after Neil Wagner it out with a bulging disc and a torn hamstring and ran that by to win us the test with Kane Williamson last night. We want blokes like that, uh, or or women like that as well, in your team who are tough, who have played against the odds, played through the pain. Let us know. Double eight, double three, that is the temper bedpost text machine. It is 18 past six. At 6.23 here on SENZ, it is the run home with Ricardo and Beaver. Thanks to Mick Delivery and our teamless Tuesday. uh, This Tuesday is about people that have gone above and beyond, uh, gone through the pain barrier like Neil Wagner did yesterday in that test. Bulging disc in his back, torn right hamstring, still put the pads on, told Blair Tickner, no, mate, you wait there. I'm going to go and finish this game for us. Uh, those are the sort of people we want in our team for Team List Tuesday today, Bevan. uh man, we've still got uh, texts flooding in, including uh, one from Jamie Uh says, it's not the first time that Wags has done this
2: No, it's not A couple of years ago, he broke his toe while batting, still bowled over 50 overs in a test I can't remember that, but I tell you what I'm not going to dispute it um, <laughs> It makes sense It's Neil Wagner after all Um Here's a good one from Dave actually. Uh, Kirsten Stanway for hitting a 187 metre drive off the tee with a career-ending dodgy knee. Of course, <laughs> our very own uh, Kirsten Stanway lost her netball career due to a, an ACL uh, twice over. Uh, we were robbed of one of the great careers. Much, it was running parallel off Laura Langman uh, mm. essentially. That's what we were. That's what we were robbed of as Kiwi sports fans. But yet she, now she's getting out on the course and still just crushing those drives.
0: Yes, absolutely smoking it. Oh, yeah, what a loss that was. What a loss That's that was, Beef. Huge
2: loss. Here's a brilliant one from Craig. Uh, Hi, Beef. Craig here. I sent you the three dislocated shoulder texts last Wednesday. I failed to mention that the morning after the bed making dislocation, uh, I had to go play an interclub golf final. My daughter, a physio and married to a surgeon, strapped it up, and I got through 14 holes before I finally lost. Had to play because if out all eight players would have had to have forfeited. Surprisingly, wasn't too, che- wasn't too bad. Cheers. That's from Craig. So you're finishing on the 14th. What does that mean? He lost five and four. Um, gutsy. gutsy. I'm gutsy.
0: just saying, what shoulder is that going to be? It's going to be the right shoulder then, right? Because the left shoulder, if you're right-handed, takes does all the work.
2: Yeah? Yeah, I mean, the biomechanics of my swing probably aren't your normal golf uh, swing. So I'd, I'd hate to think... Uh, what what parts of my arms and shoulders are doing what and probably probably where they shouldn't be. Uh, but uh no that is a beauty. Well it guts it out too.
0: That is that is gutsy man. Mind you, your swing's probably, you know, uh slightly slightly convoluted because you've got those massive biceps that you've got to get through you know wow. and they get in the way they hit the they hit the massive pictorials and you just don't get get the clean swing
4: yeah like have you ever have you seen have you ever seen Roddy coleman trying to swing a golf club mm. yeah it's uh very like beaver isn't it yeah it's a lot like beaver. oh
2: i didn't know jacob was with us today actually. It's, great, it's great to have the boys input
4: well, I'd like to actually nominate my uh, mum my to this, this team list, if that's possible. Please. Um, last couple Fridays ago, she, um, she did the Tongariro Crossing mm. and uh, called me at halfway. It was about 12 o'clock. She started at 6.30 um, and then said, oh, I've made it to halfway. I said, you've got a long way to go. And then I find out at about 9.30, 10, 10.30 at night, after she'd finished, she, um, she actually fell and uh, broke her ankle uh, finished the thing at nine thirty at night. After the park ranger went out to find her, drove herself to Topol Hospital. Turns out she has a bro- yeah, she had a broken ankle. Then she called me again today, a couple of weeks after. So she's been in a car since then. She's gone for a scan, and turns out she's broken her uh, ankle in three different places and needs surgery. So, so
2: much to unpack here. I know. Um, Tell me about it. First of all, um, she wasn't doing this by herself, was she?
4: No, with two other friends?
2: A good friends they are. They yep. led her do this and have to get the park ranger to come get her and then drive us out to Taupo Hospital. Now are, that, they still, are they still friends
4: today? Now that is a whole other can of worms. Um, we're a bit frosty on those two friends, I've got to be honest. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah.
2: Yep. I'd keep it frosty. Um, <laughs> and secondly, ha- how's your life? Like right now, it must be unraveling because we all know you go home to get your washing done, to get these <laughs> cooked meals. Uh, how how are you coping? I know you, um, I know your mother's over there with a few broken bones and a foot,
4: but how are you, Jake? It's a this turmoil, a, beef. You um, want to. I've, you want to come under my
2: nest for a while? I, I don't know how you're surviving without mother looking after
4: you. I know, I know. It's in turmoil, more I'm not sure I'm, I'm coping. I've I've kept this one under wraps for a while. I don't oh. know if you've noticed a bit of a like sad, somber face that I've been coming into work with each day. He's seven. very malnourished yeah. at the minute, beef. You can oh. see it. Uh, his bones are poking right out of the skin. <laughs> <laughs> more so, more so. Yeah, yeah. I'm like his a marathon runner. Well.
0: Well. Do you do you think beef that uh, having uh, Jacob having to go through this without having a his mum around to do everything for him. He should be in the team. Is he Is he an option with the team? Is is just, he's carrying on this working is, without it.
2: This is huge from Jacob. Like, I mean, listeners of a run home, and especially the workers of the run home know just how dependent this young fella is on his mother still. Had, his, had, had a couple of wisdom tooths taken out. Yeah. He'd been home for five weeks. We didn't see him for two of them, but he had to be nursed back to full health for five weeks. So to think that his absolute rock and... Uh, Person who pretty much does everything for him, bar wipers backside. Uh, That we know of sometimes. (laughs) He's under an injury cloud. Uh, um, uh, Just phenomenal from you, Jacob, that you're still meaning to function somewhat.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I think I think they, uh, Jacob might be a late shout for Teamless Tuesday. To be honest, <laughs> that he's carried on with it with all this going on.
4: Oh, I can coach him if you want. If you're looking for a coach, <laughs> he's my captain. I say <laughs>
6: captain, coach.
0: <laughs> Cap- <laughs> uh, keep your texts coming through. Double eight, double three. That is the tip of Bedpost Text Machine. This is Ricardo and Beef on the run home, thanks to Mick Delivery. When we come back from the latest in news and sport with Johnny Mack, Blair Choke's going to talk sailing with us. 28 away from seven here on SENZ. This is the run home. Ricardo and Beeve with you. Thanks to Mick Delivery, uh, playing later, of course, uh, for Jacob's mum. Um, <laughs> and, and this has uh, this actually uh, come through a text here. Beeve, I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, Jacob, I've seen this before. I think your mum might be on a cruise in the Pacific. She's never coming back.
2: Yeah, I actually <laughs> want to suggest that uh, we, just, we was getting these halftime updates from the Tungalera Crossing. I'm not sure you get mobile reception from there, So I wanted to suggest maybe there was... <laughs> A bit of Scaldogra here at play, but uh, I don't want to break young Jacob's heart so soon. To, that be Tuesday, f- to
4: be fair, you don't get it from the Pacific Ocean either, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, there
2: might be a With the right SIM one. card, with the right SIM card, who knows? <laughs> tell you,
0: um, uh, someone that could probably tell us if you can get it from the Pacific Ocean is Blair Chook, because uh, he does a fair bit of sailing. He's on boats all the time. Uh, Blair, uh, we're trying to figure out where Jacob's mum really is. Uh, apparently she was on the Tongariro Crossing calling him. Now we're and she might be on a cruise to the Pacific. Uh, have you got any intel?
8: None of the two quite different places. <laughs>
9: <laughs> oh, Mark, no, guys, um, good. Thanks for having me on.
0: Oh, mate, our pleasure. Mate, our pleasure. Uh, how's how's the team been going, and uh, and how are you settling into Littleton, mate? Looking forward to the racing this weekend.
9: Yeah, we certainly are. And it's, it's awesome to be um, here in Christchurch for this one. Um, we've spent so much time racing Sale GP over seas over the last what, two seasons uh, two years or so and um, here we are at home finally so yeah it's pretty epic.
0: Obviously you, you know you and Pete uh, we, we we think about you guys and we think about America's Cup a lot as well uh, just how much can you get out of racing G P that you can take into into the, the next America's Cup?
9: Well that's two quite different um, two different things really I mean G has gone from strength to strength over the last three years um, really different format of racing uh, nine boats and sail GP so which will be here in Littleton this weekend so um, all racing on a short race course it's quite a different dynamic really um, boats teams are all sailing exactly the same boats um, yeah it's, it's awesome we're loving it and it's gonna be awesome to show Kiwis what this style of racing um, is all about the, you know it's quite different than probably what they have watched before
0: just, mate, I mean, I've seen some of the, some of this in action and I've seen some of the spills and things. Just how dangerous is it? I mean, what sort of speeds are you doing and how easy is it to tip one of these things up at up at a rapid pace?
9: Yeah, well, ideally you don't, but um, <laughs> when you're pushing the boats to limit, uh, you know, uh, mistakes can be made. And, yeah, if it happens, I guess there's quite a lot of
5: consequences.
9: Um, so you have to have your, your wits about it, but, you you know, it's all the best sailors in the world sailing these boats. So... Um, yeah, mostly in control. But, yeah, sometimes, as you've seen, probably, uh, you know, people push too far and, and, and you lose control. But, yeah, it's, hopefully we get some wind this weekend and um, we can light the boats up.
2: Now, Blair, speaking about keeping your, your wits about you, we hear that there's a Drive to Survive-style uh, documentary uh, getting filmed throughout this uh, G P season. How's, uh, how's that been? And, and has it encroached on uh, what you really want to be doing? Or is it uh, just a case of uh, trying to get a... Trying to get away with not looking like an idiot on it.
9: Yeah, probably the <laughs> latter. Uh,
2: <laughs> no, it's, it's good to have that there. And obviously, it's,
9: as you've seen with Drive to Survive and F1, it uh, really enables fans to get in behind and, and potentially see start, sides of the team that wouldn't happen when you're just watching on, you know, the people racing on boats or, you know, what you see in the media. So, yeah, that, that's been cool. But actually, I think there's a watch party on for that episode where... Um, featured quite heavily on happening soon but I might have go join after after the <laughs> actually aired think it something that came to watch
0: stuff in a documentary <laughs> Fair enough mate, uh, I, uh, there's, there's prize money up the grabs obviously with the, with the big grand final race happening in San Fran in May is uh, about a million dollars US uh, up for grabs and um, that which has obviously got to be a decent carrot but uh, I'd imagine just knocking the Aussies off is an even bigger carrot, what's the plan this weekend?
9: Yeah, no, you're exactly right there um, yeah, I mean, we've got ourselves in a heck of a fight. We're in second place at the moment. Um, as you mentioned in GP it's quite unique that the winner of the season comes down to the last race in San Francisco. So this stop here in Christchurch is just, for us is all about trying to get, um, or you know, I guess firm our place in that final, keep improving how we're sailing the boat, so that if we do make the final in San Fran, we're in a shot to try and win. Um, so... Yeah, we've got a good little rivalry going with Australians, um, which is, you know, obviously, as a Kiwi just adds to it. I mean, we're racing against all the best sailors in the world from different nations, but that um, rivalry with, with them is certainly quite special.
2: Well, obviously, you mentioned that, uh, you know, there are similarities in some ways to the, the Formula 1 style uh, racing and what have you, but everyone's got the same boats. Does that mean you don't have the massive, massive teams going around with you, is it quite a trimmed up sort of team that you're cruising around with uh, during this competition?
9: Yeah, exactly right, we've got about 15 of us um, that normally travel around, or yeah, 13, um, all around the world, there's a few more here being our home event, um, but that's, we're able to do that because the shore team, or the, all the support of the boats, um, has a sort of centralised tech team, so that's about 70 people, and they shared across all 10 boats or nine boats so um, that really helps to keep costs down and also to keep the boats even so that when they're on the water you're just versing someone in the same boat and it's all about who gets the most out of the boat and get around the racetrack faster.
0: Uh, probably my favourite memory um, of, of Australian yachting is in uh, 1995 when one Australia uh, went down like a cold Steinlager on a, on a hot day. Um, uh, does that get brought up much? You, do, do, you, do you guys do much uh, m- m- much slinging, the, slinging uh, out there on the water or maybe even back at the dock?
9: I don't think half the people in our team were born then. <laughs> <laughs> I am old. <laughs> um, no, that was certainly a um, pretty famous time in America's Cup. But, uh, no, I mean, when you're sailing these boats and you're on the edge both of what you're pushing the, the boats to and of control, you always Got um, I guess respect, and you know, you know, um, you don't want to talk down on people too much because it could happen to you at some point.
0: Yeah, well, mate, you, you, and you don't want to leave too much rubbish out in the ocean, right? And I know that's something that you're pretty, uh, pretty big on.
9: Yeah, no, we certainly are. Um, it's pretty awesome to be able to use the platform we have here and sailing to try and connect people, um, change attitudes around how the ocean's viewed. It does so much for us in everyday life and. Um, yeah, right now it's not healthy enough and we need to try and turn around so if we can use the platform we have to try and help out there then um, then we're doing a good thing.
0: Now uh, Blair, just before we let you go mate, I know you are involved in an ocean campaign, where's the best place people can go and check out info on that?
9: Yeah nice, well um, if you head to liveocean.com, uh, there's all the projects we support there and and more info there as to what the ocean uh, does for us. So. Much of it happens over the horizon or below the surface. So um, really connecting with and understanding that's um, a key part of it first off. So I'd encourage people to head to liveocean.com and check it out.
0: Good stuff, Blair. Keep up the good work, mate. And uh, fingers crossed you're not the Aussies off this weekend, eh?
9: Yep. Give a good push. Cheers, guys.
0: Thank you. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Uh, Blair Chuuk there with us out of the New Zealand Sail GP uh, team. And uh, yeah, I don't know how much of that you watch, Beav, but man, they get up some speeds, eh? I mean, they're they're basically a smaller version of the America's Cup boats, aren't
2: they? Yes, they're they're flying along. I watched a lot of the Sydney one. And uh, obviously, that was. uh, There's some spills and uh, (laughs) some high high level uh, thrills there. So, no, fascinating. And uh, I mean, between. Burlington, they're as big as superstars that we've got in our sporting uh, landscape at the moment, aren't they? So great to have them back racing in New Zealand, and, and to be honest with you, I've only I've only come across Littleton a couple of years ago when I did some filming out there. Mm. What a wonderful little spot that is. I mean, have been going to Christchurch for years, obviously playing footy down there against Canterbury and the Crusaders, and then one day I went over there to do some filming, and obviously it's part of the greater Christchurch uh, city, so... It shouldn't, be that, shouldn't have been that strange to me, but for all the years I've been down there, never been out there, and uh, what a magical spot that will be this week with, uh, with the racing going on in there.
0: Mate, it'd be absolutely magic. I'll tell you what else would be magic is the phone call that you get after this from Canterbury Tourism, and uh, oh. no doubt there'll be some more filming going on next week. We'll hear, hear more about that.
2: <sighs> Not a problem.
0: Not a problem at all. Here's available. I am as Mr. 10%, so come through <laughs> me. Uh, it is 19 away from 7 here on The Run Home on SENZ. It's 13 away from 7 o'clock here on SENZ. This is The Run Home, Ricardo and Beve with you. Uh, thanks to Mick Delivery and uh, just about time, I think, Beeve, uh to to name our team for Teamless Tuesday. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think we've got there, haven't we? Uh, we have had a wonderful, wonderful suggestions and interaction from our wonderful listeners here on a Tuesday, as they always do on Teamless Tuesday. Uh, we We put it down early, but then they just come roaring in And uh, the fact that we really opened up today to our listeners uh, telling us some of their hard warrior stories to put themselves in contention to be lining up with Buck Shelford after he's been stitched back up uh, and and to play with Neil Wagner after he's just run 22 yards with a torn hamstring and a bulging disc to to get us home in a dramatic test afternoon on back of another test dramatic afternoon that he created no more than two weeks ago. Mm. So... Without further ado, I'll give you your team this Tuesday. For people who have gone over and above, and they should never have to buy another Grins in their life, producer Jacob. Uh, and if they do, then make sure they buy it from any of the respected retailers for
4: twenty-seven ninety-nine. Uh, what you are?
2: Uh, well, any, if if you're not selling it, you're not a respected retailer. Uh, so too right, too right. Here, here, um, and. Maybe go to one the ones that's holding a bit of merch and get yourself a hat as well at the same oh, time. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, prop. Brent. Played a game with a broken arm in three places. Brian's rodeo mate. Of course, he was our Townsville rodeo specialist who had a broken sternum, I do believe, mm. and then uh, front fronted up and still got the job done. He had to be humped on the horse, I think he was. Uh, the other prop, Keith Murdoch. Uh, obviously, for all sorts of reasons, but it wasn't Keith who had the facial herpes, was it? That no, that was, uh, was someone else. It was, Ke- was Gary Knight. Yeah, uh, but Keith Murdoch, he uh,
0: an appendix, wasn't it? A ruptured appendix, ruptured and he propped against the box.
2: Yeah. So there you go. That was enough for us. Uh, Scott Mears, I think he's was, he was from Palmy, but he was the Palm Panthers Superstock team. Uh, heroic getting back out there. Uh, Mahi Drysdale, of course. Got dragged out of the boat on a stretcher after he won Olympic bronze. and Where was that one? I can't remember that. Uh, was it Beijing? No, I think it was Beijing, yeah. He got bronze. Uh, Sam Burgess in our grand final. He, he's our blindside flanker. Of course, he famously broke his jaw and uh, still managed to get through it. He's
0: got a face like a blindside flanker, did not he? Sam Burgess?
2: Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say that to his face, I'll let it go. Uh, on the other side of the scrum, the great Richie McCaw. Uh, and, of course, our eight. Who else could it be but uh, the definition of tough? Uh, Buck Shelford. Trevor Manning. Now, for those that don't know, the 1976 Olympic gold medal black sticks goalkeeper played with a shattered knee cap, I do believe, and got the job done. So it's Trevor Manning at halfback for this team this Tuesday. Uh, Neil Wagner, the great, the great black caps, fast bowler, who, as we said, courageously ran 22 yards uh, with a torn hamstring yesterday to make sure that the Black Caps won one of the most dramatic test matches you'll ever wish to see. Uh, Keith, he also had a split kneecap. He will be on one wing. Uh, Red Conway, uh, he had he something destroyed, didn't he? Oh, mate,
0: yeah, so he had a damaged finger, and he was mm. worried that it would get re, re-damaged. Uh, and he would have to pull out of the all-black tour to South Africa. So he just had it chopped off. Lop it off. Just lop it off. Caused no trouble then. It wasn't <laughs> bad, mate. I tell you, he was small, small for a flanker. He's 5'9 and about 86 kegs.
2: Oh, I had the heart of a lion, though. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> and made sacrifices. as he made sacrifices. Uh, Chris played half a football season with a bug at ACL. Uh, courageous. Not many footballers have often been called courageous. But uh, Chris, our friend, yep, certainly is with that ACL injury. Uh, 14, of course, Showgate. Uh, won the 1977 Trentham Stakes. What a performance that was after he got an halfway through this. Uh, quite phenomenal. And, uh, and Bert Troutman, the World War 2 Prisoner of War, goalkeeper of Man City of 1956, before he got knocked out. Unbelievable. The coach, self-nominated, uh, hardest man going around the office at E C N Z. Uh, Jacob, and then the manager, uh, Jacob's mum, who allegedly did half of the Tagarei crossing with a broken ankle in three places, and then, because of her travelling partners, had to drive herself to Taupo Hospital. Quite phenomenal. On top of that, she has been shuffling around the house, doing Jacob's washing, drying, and meals from Monday to Friday. Still a phenomenal effort from Jacob's mum, our team manager.
0: Yeah, there you go. Uh, well, I, I think honestly, though, beef, we we have to look at that and go. Coach Jacob, manager Jacob's mum. It would just be easier to to combine those two jobs because we know she's going to actually be doing both.
2: Yeah, so you really put the assistant beside Jacob.
0: Hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Little little uh, little mother's little helper. <laughs> Sanders little Elva. <laughs> just the sidekick. Oh dear, dear. Well, there you go. Teamless Tuesday. That was. A, that's a pretty good team, though. You got to say that is uh, is going to be in there, mate. And uh, I think you know Kennard's Hire. They make your job easy. Kennard's nz. Nothing is going to make your job easier than that team. Beef.
2: Absolutely. Um, apart from the. Potentially the management. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah. well ja-
4: Jacob's mum's going to make sure. it real easy for me, oh, yeah, apparently. No. Yeah. She makes yeah. it bloody easy for me. So, yeah, Well, there is that. The kin oath
0: makes your job easy. Talk to someone who has taken the kin oath today. I reckon she's taken the kin oath. Uh, definitely, um, but, but thanks for uh, sending those all through. And um, we have had uh, plenty of texts coming through as well, including a few that we couldn't actually uh, read out. But before I did want to ask you something um, because we're talking about these these absolute warriors and and, and things. And I've been watching uh, the start of the NRL season, and Felice uh, Felice Kfousi is at the. Um, Dolphins. Dolphins. Dolphins now. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he has absolutely laid a bunch of people out. Hudson Young against the Raiders. Uh, a week before, I think it was uh, it was definitely Brandon Smith. I think he was so laid out, Victor Radley. He has been absolutely smoking people. And that made me, I watched that, and I, I know you've seen it, mate. But who was the bloke that hit you hardest in your career?
2: Uh, oh. I don't know. Because they, they don't actually, I mean, they take the wind out of you a bit. But they don't actually really hurt you. Big hits. Uh, so I don't know, I mean, I'm hearing
0: i I'm hearing Colin Slade in my ear for some reason, I'm not sure why. <laughs> that was a big, big hat, wasn't it?
2: Please I can tell you boys, it was nobody wearing a ten jersey. Uh, uh, <laughs> maybe a Jerome Cano, I'd suggest. Probably be probably the ones that would, would actually take the stuffing out of you. I mean mm. Butchie James took me a couple of times when I had my back to him and that took the stuffing out of me, but I don't know if you can claim that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'd say I'd say the great Jerome would have been the biggest hitter of my uh, my, my time.
0: Oh, good stuff, Beef. Uh, Mate, uh, this has been the run home. Uh, Hopefully Kirst is, is well and
6: back on deck tomorrow. Otherwise, who knows? You might see me again.
2: Who knows?